Yo, listen up. I've got an incredible event coming up in Bandera, Texas, Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th at Sovereignty Ranch. It's called Confluence, and it takes place during the Ring of Fire eclipse. This eclipse carries the frequency of love, harmony, connection, and balance. And let me tell you, when we all join together in community under this eclipse, we create the foundation for a massive shift. So come hang out. I'll be live podcasting with some other amazing speakers and friends like Kelly Brogan, Andrew Kaufman, Mickey Willis, Alex Zek, Amanda Vollmer, and Shiva Rose, amongst many others. So come get down with us as we shatter the illusion of authority, learn the true energetics of regenerative food, harness the healing power of holistic remedies, foundational skills, and of course, high vibes. Get your tickets and more info at confluence2023.com. And use the code STORY10 for 10% off the entry fee. And this discount is for tickets only, so it excludes glamping, camping, food packages, and so on. Again, that's confluence2023.com. And again, the date is Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. I'll see you there. Man, if there's anything I like to talk about gentlemen. It is water. I'm so excited to do yet another episode on this fascinating topic. We're excited, excited to be here. Excited to be here. Two, to be yeah. here. Two fellow water geeks That's right. uh, of the highest order. I get, I think because I've done so many podcasts about water, and by the way, guys, we'll link to all of my former, I think there's like 12 of them now, former podcasts, uh, for the show notes, uh, where you'll find those and everything we talk about today is lukestory.com slash waterpod. lukestory.com slash waterpod. And you'll also find that in the show description on your podcast app. But I think because I've done so many, I get so many questions about water and I've become somewhat of a podcast ambassador. And just when I think I've learned it all, I meet some guys like you that teach me some more. So I'm excited to dive in. Let's start out uh, just introducing both of you since there are two of you and those not watching the video, but only hearing the audio want to know who's who. If you want to start, Tony. Uh, my name's Tony Pennington with No Fora Water. And my name's Nick DeVolk and I wear the badge of water geek proudly. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, with a four of water as well. So thanks for having us. Yeah. Right Appreciate on. it. Well, you wore your blue, you know, aqua colored shirt. So yeah. we're in good company. What, uh, and I'll just pose this question for each of you. What, um, you know, instigated your passion about water in general? Oh gosh. In general, um, well, I, I grew up in Minnesota. I, I grew up on a farm. You know, we had a lot of healthy living. We had our own garden. You know, we got water from a well. You know, it was, it was, it was really easy for me to live like a holistic, healthy lifestyle. Um, but then when I started moving out of that little comfort zone, that little bubble where we had everything fresh, you know, fresh eggs from the chickens, fresh beef from cows that you could see out your window, all of those things, um, I started to realize that like everything's manufactured and processed and packaged and water's not the same as it is that I was used to growing up on lakes and rivers and things like that. Um, so that was kind of like one of those aha moments of, you know, things aren't that simple. You have to actually seek out these things. Um, and then, you know, life progressed as, as years went on, um, moved from Minnesota to Southern California, um, where water is a really hot topic. Um, you know, turning on the tap and drinking the water, you can actually, your body just feels, you know, 
bogged down. Like people bad, do like, that. Like exactly. <laughs> okay. like, well, I I didn't know any better, right? Yeah. So you know, bad oil in the engine. Um, and there's got to be something to it. And, you know, I've always kind of kept that in the back of my mind, um, but then got uh, linked up with Ophora, you know, just by circumstance and learned about what was going on there under that roof. And that was five, six years ago, kind of at the inception and just had one of those intuitive hits of just like, this is really cool. I resonate with this. I don't know exactly why I resonate with this, but let's explore it. And as time progressed, you know, the layers of the onion kept coming off and learning more and more and more about water just kind of deepened my you know, passionate about why we do what we do and just the wealth of knowledge and how intelligent water is. Um, it really speaks to me every single day and I'm always curious and hungry to learn more. So what yeah. astrological sign are you? I'm an Aquarius. Is that a water sign? Uh, it's an air <laughs> sign. Oh, it's <laughs> I always wonder yeah. if my obsession with water is because I'm a Scorpio and I'm a water sign. Hmm. I don't know. I know could, very little about astrology, could, could but possibly. I, dude, I literally, yeah. when I'm driving and the map is on the, you know, the navigation in the car, mm -hmm. and I see like on a road trip and I see a blue spot, mm -hmm. I will drive off the road and find the water yeah. if it's yeah. accessible. <laughs> right to right. get in to get in it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I share that too. I always wonder like why some of us gravitate toward that particular element so much, you know. Yeah, How about yeah. you? Um, I've just always been, you know, similar to Nick, what he said, you know, it's just always had this, you know, attraction to water and magnetism towards water. So my background, I worked for uh, up in the Central Valley of California on uh, a lot of, uh, you know, commercial large scale irrigation for you know, agricultural irrigation, working with, uh, throughout the water structure there with the dams and the distribution and the aqueducts. And it just got to a point where I had to get out of it um, and move on and better my life for my family and my, my wife and my kids. So we headed south to Santa Barbara and I met Ken, uh, our founder. And I didn't want to go back into that, that space of, you know, living within parameters of, you know, just doing what's always been done especially in the agri ag agricultural environment, like I saw up there. Um, so I met Ken, got into water and just kept going with it and digging deeper and deeper and diving deeper into the science of water. And uh, I've always been kind of against the grain, you know, personality. Kind of, I'm one of those, like, I want to challenge the universe kind of people. You're a musician. You know, and I'm you a know? musician. So, um, yeah. Most musicians yeah. are. That's why music's great. <laughs> yeah. Some of it. It's all right? vibrational and, you know, yeah. it's something we feel in our soul and, you know, it speaks a language that, you know, is universal. So, uh, water, I think, has the, the potential to do the same. And I think it does speak universal language when we're in Southern California and we're on tier two drought and everybody's, the, the message is spoken. Like, it doesn't even have to. It doesn't even have to talk. It's just water is a scarcity, and listen to that, and figure out how that's gonna how we can improve on that. So right yeah, on. so I'm just I'm here and uh, I've learned a lot with Nick. I've learned a lot through ownership and the opportunities that that we've been given. And um, there's a lot of change going on right now in the in the water space. So it's exciting to be part of the solution and change of how to better our water situation here on our planet through the human interaction. And, you know, I've got two kids, so I want to leave it, you know, hopefully, you know, we don't, we don't leave it for our children. You know, we don't leave it. For, what, what, what's the saying? It's uh, we don't, uh, we basically we're borrowing from our children. Yeah. So, yeah. And I believe we're, that. We're in a big drought here too. Uh, 
And I know that because A, the lake down the street is exceedingly low. It really sucks for the people that bought like lakefront property and they have right. the stairs going down to their boat dock and it's like their boat dock is up in the rocks. It is, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. like, Travis, yeah. Blue spots on the map are no longer blue spots when you show up to them. Funny, yeah. And also I know because uh, I mistakenly let them put in uh, a smart meter on our, on our water main on the street because we were on septic and I didn't want that because I wanted a backyard that wasn't a leach field. So we got on, we, we uh, got plugged into the city. And then when they came and did it, they're like, oh, we're putting this meter on, whatever. And I didn't really catch it. First, I, I was worried about the EMFs, you know, because we don't have a smart meter on the house, which thankfully you're able to opt out of. Oh, I tested cool. it for EMFs and it didn't have any. So I was like, ah, whatever. It's under the ground anyway, under that big plate. But what I didn't know was they are able to now monitor when and how much water we use. And so there's like, because of the drought, there's certain days and times that are allocated to you doing your irrigation, which we haven't landscaped here. So everything's dead and there's nothing yeah, to irrigate. They love but you. I've, I've <laughs> accidentally uh, filled up the pool on the wrong day. And it's like, I get a warning email. You just got charged $700. Mm. Seriously. Just wow. like that. Yeah. Wow. I was like, okay. Wow. I mean, you know, respect. I don't want to put a burden on the water system. Mm -hmm. um, but they're so there to he, let you know and remind you. Yeah. That, <laughs> and charge I, you. I did not course. forget after getting that bill. <laughs> yep. yeah, sure. Like, holy shit. Uh, give a shout out to your band. Oh, my band. And we'll put, uh, it in, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So we finished our album that we actually wrote through COVID and I'm glad we did because we, if we had nothing to show for, you know, uh, locking down like that, I guess, or whatever, but we just finished a new album. The band's called The Phone Booth and uh, yeah, we're on Spotify. Cool. Yeah. We'll link to it in so, the show notes. Indie, That's you fun. know, old indie, original dinosaur junior, kind of indie inspired. It's good. Yeah. You sent me a link fun stuff. a few months ago. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Did I ask? I think I did. You're from Central California. You know the band Granddaddy, right? Yeah, that's I do. I do. Did I ask I you do. about that before? Um, we we've talked about we it, have, but oh, okay. but quick story into that is how I came into how we came into each other's you know uh, lives was uh, uh, my wife. Uh, she had found you originally in your podcast, so she's like, "Listen to this. You got to listen to this guy. I think you're going to vibe with him." Like you know, um, so I did. And in one of the episodes, you mentioned how just a quick tidbit of how you liked the Van Granddaddy, and I was <laughs> that's like, "Funny, really?" I was like, and I looked at her, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like. That's how that aligned. Yeah. And I was like, so I hit you up in your DMs and I was like, you know, dude, like I'm from that town. I used, Those dudes used to skate in my backyard and play in my living room. So, and that was the connection. And then, you know, obviously that was just kind of doubling down on, I think, you know, why I was, you know, into your podcast. You know, that was just like the, the icing on the cake kind of That's thing. That's funny. I totally like, forgot about that. I think it's just whenever, whenever I meet someone from... Uh, a place like Modesto, is that where y'all are from, right? That's it. You know, if a, if a band breaks out of a small town, it's it's meaningful. And if for some reason, I remember where they're from when it's an artist I like. I mean, there's a million bands from LA or London or wherever, and you don't really... They all came from somewhere else, and now they're from there. But when, right, right. when someone makes it out of a small town and they're that good, it catches my attention. So when I... I'm just that way when I meet someone from a small town and there's a great artist from there. I was like, do you know them or know of them? You know? Yeah. Awesome guys. Awesome guys. Jason Lytle, the singer is a genius songwriter lyrically and just structuring songs and chord progressions. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's writer. So many summertime theme songs out there, man, for just skating and you know what we did in Modesto. Yeah. Yeah, to the river back in the skating. late nineties, a friend of mine turned me on to them and I was just like, yeah. these guys yeah. are like, 
the Beatles of the 90s. I could, I mean, like the songwriting, like you said, the chord structures, the melodies, his sense of melody, the lyrics. Jason was a huge Kiss fan and a huge ELO fan. So oh, okay. That's that's big inspiration there. That on, explains on. the sense. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. there's a really cool, and I'm yeah. totally going on, you know, on totally. a <laughs> side tangent here. Forgive me, folks. This is not about water, but I'm sure the band drinks it. Yeah. But what was really yeah. cool about them is you have like the foundation of the songs were for the most part, like acoustic singer songwriter songs, right? Like that's the kind of the bed, but then there's all these crazy um, synthesizer loops and stuff over it. So it had this very like organic campfire singer songwriter, but then you had this really futuristic weird ass overlay of all the electronic music. Yeah, it was just so, so great. So I encourage people to go listen to it. That's a great it. explanation and painting a picture of what they sound like. So and it's you, kind of like the album it, yeah. covers too. They'd have a picture of some beautiful nature with like like old uh, abandoned computer computers and, yeah, and keyboards yeah. and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Like with all this waste of the technical, uh, you know, revolution essentially like littering nature. And that's very much what the music sounded like. They just yeah. had a whole like a full package deal. Yeah, that, that's, that's right on, right on. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I styled the singer Jason's, one of his solo uh, music videos back when I was a fashion stylist. There you go. Total That's awesome. Small world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super humble guy. Yeah. 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 yeah super well, cool. Thanks for bringing that up real quick. That was fun to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like to shoot the shit. All right. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get back to, uh, we'll get back to it. What do you, uh, what do you guys think about this idea of water being a carrier or transmitter or keeper of consciousness, of intelligence, of information. Absolutely. Um, yes, you know, on all those fronts too. And, um, you know, explaining that to people that aren't necessarily on board right out of the gate, um, the easiest way I can explain it is, you know, what, what travels faster through, uh, or, you know, does sound travel faster through air or through water? Does electricity travel faster through air or through water? You know, it's a conduit, right? You know, our bodies are made up of mostly water we're, and then we're electrical beings as well. So all that information transfers going through all the water in our, in our cells, you know, um, that's been spoken about eloquently, like um, Dr. Bush, you know, talking about the crystalline structure in our bodies and all of these things. Um, so there's no reason to believe that, like, it can retain, transmit, store, influence um, you know, energetics on on a massive scale, right? So that's you know, absolutely. Yeah, water is not an innate, you know, being. You know, it actually has some life and some intelligence, and it stores and keeps and transmits that information. And it has, you know, since water's been on this earth, and it's meant to be respected. You know, that's the hard part for me is when I go and have traveled to, you know, third world countries like let's say Thailand or Kenya, and you see all these massive amounts of plastic that are floating down the river systems, or gosh, even here in the United States of of seeing all these. You know, polluted um, water ecosystems, and it's just like no, this this is sacred. Like this is meant to be protected because it just holds the key to so many things in our surrounding and how we interact and how our health is being threatened. So, yeah, I mean, water is an entity that's meant to be respected to the utmost, and unfortunately, right now it's not. And you know that just keeps us, you know, charging forward on what we're doing and our mission to provide clean water the best we can. Yeah, we're both in yeah. total agreement on that. I mean, we're basically share a brain and connected at the hip and what we do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, most of the things that Nick is going to speak to, I agree with wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, yeah, the intelligence of water, it's it, it needs to be respected. And I know 
I listen to conversations, passing conversations and things like that. And one point I brought up the other day was, uh, you know, I was on a plane and just listening to people order water. Of course, we don't recommend ordering water on a plane. <laughs> um, but I just, it, it dawned on me how many people, you know, start asking for water with just water, please, or I'll just have water. Or it's like they've already discounted it in their ask in the way they're even communicating and bringing it into, you know, their person to drink, right? It's, it's just this discounted perception. It's just water. And no matter what kind of drought we're in or what kind of atmospheric rivers we've just received, you know, from nature to at least, you know, give us a solid maybe for the next two years, um, it's still discounted. Yeah, people, uh, I think for the most part, think of water as uh, just a, a clear liquid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's like, it, you know, and that's with our human interactions. We all need to be like transparent and authentic and show our true selves. Well, water tries to do that, but we just keep discounting it. It's like the most transparent relationship we could have, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's, there's a lot going on in there and a lot of intricacies and complexities, but... Yeah. Have, you, have either of you heard the episode that I did with uh, Veda Austin? Absolutely. We were going to bring her up. We were yeah. going to bring her up. Yeah. Amazing. And, and we're, that's, that's what I was going to speak to is that it's proven that, you know, even outside of what we think, right. it's, it's, she's proven it. There's and, the black and white and right that's there. That's what we love about that. That conversation left me shooketh. To the Seriously. core. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of my most, out of uh, over 500 episodes or something now, it's, it's one of my most popular. It's in the top 10. It might be like number six, which is incredible. Uh, and, and I think speaks to the human intuition of our relationship to this substance uh, because there are many other people that have been featured that are um, much more known, right? She is relatively unknown. I don't even know if she'd been on many podcasts before that and people love that episode it was one of my favorites too i mean she's just such a lovely person and so tapped in but the information she shared with me about her experience with water it's like i don't even think i could believe the stuff she was sharing with me unless i saw her work the photographs and things like that one of them that really stood out to me i mean there's hundreds of examples of her work that are just totally mind-blowing but one of them involved you know what she does for those listening and we'll put it in lukestory.com slash waterpod we'll link to this episode to which i refer but for those that didn't hear that episode you guys will know this story i think she talked about it one of the trippiest ones for me is how she, well what she does is she takes a, a um what do you call that a petri dish and puts a little bit of water in it and then puts it in the freezer for around four minutes takes it out and then quickly photographs it and so she'll do things that influence the water before she freezes it and photographs it. In this particular test uh, or experiment, I guess, she uh, played the song Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin mm -hmm. in the room to the water, <laughs> froze it, pulls it out. There's a fucking staircase <laughs> yes. in the water. I mean, yeah. it's like... Yeah. Dude, come on. Uh -huh. What is happening? You know, and that's just it, it, one of dozens and dozens of different types of ex experiments that she's done. It's it took just, on well, the impression the of the, intelligence. The, the sound. And it shows yeah. the intelligence and the sense of humor that water has too, because yeah. that yeah. could have vibrated and, and shown up in any different form. But the fact that the water picked up on that vibration and said, I'm going to make it relatable to you. Totally. So you know how I'm communicating with you, right? Totally. Yeah. And, and, and why did it choose yeah. the stairway? Yeah, you, they could have put yeah. a big blimp. They yeah, could have, a big blimp, <laughs> right? or you know, right. 
But yeah, to, yeah. Um, to your point, Nick, you know, when you start thinking about water as a living, intelligent organism, which I think everything in nature is that, personally, I mean, animals, trees, plants, all, all the things, right? But water specifically has its own unique properties, I think, because it's the giver of life. But it, that's what makes it so heartbreaking to me when people pollute water, like natural waterways or just what we do to, quote, sanitize our water, which I understand, right? I mean, you don't want water with bacteria coming out of your tap. And there are many people, of course, uh, millions of people around the planet that don't even have safe water to drink. And I acknowledge, you know, the privilege of guys like us sitting here having this beautiful Ophora water to drink during our podcast, but just zooming out from all the socioeconomic issues, just the lack of respect that many humans have for water is heartbreaking. And that's true of many things in nature. But for me specifically, because I have such a intimate relationship with and love for water. I mean, I just like, ah, it's so brutal uh, the way the way we treat it. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into different ways to treat it. I have a question. You guys may or may not know this because it's kind of geeky. So water that has minerals has electrolytes, right? And you were mentioning how water is a conductor, like a powerful, fast conductor. And someone told me that if you were to fill up a bathtub with truly distilled water that's had all of the electrolytes or minerals removed, that you can't get electrocuted if you, like, say, dropped a hairdryer in the water. <laughs> Do you think that's Great. true? I'm, I'm not recommending anyone uh, try yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to be I, the guinea pig for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not going to assume that yeah. water wouldn't outsmart me in, yeah. in that situation right. in one yeah. way or another. Like. Maybe. If it has the intelligence to make a staircase, it could be like, you idiot, you're getting shocked because right. you tried this. Right, right. But no, it's just interesting yeah. thinking about... That's an um, interesting concept to think about. Because yeah. there, there have been fads over the years, uh, you know, with health nuts like me, uh, where people got into drinking distilled water and that it, you know, purifies your body and all of this. And then there's this other school of thought that if you drink distilled water, that it's going to, you know, act as a vacuum essentially and start sucking the minerals out of your body. So I I've, I've just never been a fan of drinking distilled water. But it's, wouldn't it, recommend it, it for any sort of daily drinker, any longevity. sort of longevity, right? You know, it, if you're going for a purge and that's the intent that you're using it for, go for it. You know, we're not here to tell anybody how they should, you know, interact with water or what they should drink based on their own health and wellness and biology and doctor recommendations. You know, that's all well and good. Um, but if you're taking distilled water, which is essentially a dead water that is stripped from minerals, it's just, you know, vapor distilled. It, it doesn't have that, that spark, you know, that life essence that's put back into it, um, which keep, is... Keep putting it in your car battery. Yeah, when, put that in your car battery. Required. You put it in your iron to iron your clothes. Um, and yeah, as far as water being a solvent, you know, in its purest form, it's, it's hungry. You know, if it's in its pure form and it's stripped of everything that it's used to, it's going to want to attach and grab onto things just to bring it back to some sort of homeostasis level, right? That it's used to. Equalize itself. So if it's doing that internally in your body for a one-time purge, I'm sure it's doing a great job. But over time, that vacuum effect may start to take place and you're starting to lose things through that water being as hungry as it is. Nice. Let's face it, you guys, most of our lives are busy and stressful. And when you're on the go, it's a lot easier to grab a pastry and an espresso than to drop into a yoga class or go for a jog in nature. But along with those carbs and caffeine comes the crash, not to mention that expanding waistline. 
Now, what if you could feel energized and calm without any sugar or caffeine? By now, you've probably heard of the ketogenic or keto diet craze because it's known to produce consistent energy and improve cognitive performance. Well, did you know you could get your ketones exogenously? That's a fancy word for coming from the outside. And this means you don't have to be on the keto diet to get the same benefits. Ketone IQ is my preferred source of drinkable ketones. It comes in a TSA-friendly bottle with 10 grams of ketones in every serving. Or you can also get a multi-serving bottle to keep in the fridge at home, too. Personally, I like to down a shot of Ketone IQ every time I get on an airplane. Now, normally, I'd feel like crap when I land, but with Ketone IQ, I roll off the plane feeling super lit and ready to crush it. Plus, ketones are one of the best hacks for staying trim since it suppresses the appetite for at least five hours. You can check out Ketone IQ at hvmn.com luke and subscribe at checkout to get 30% off. I also like to take Ketone IQ every time I sit down for a podcast because it puts me into an easy flow state that's just right for having an epic conversation. It is the best brain fuel. So get yours again today at hvmn.com slash Luke. And if you subscribe at checkout, you'll save 30%. Yeah, I think, I mean, you shouldn't just solely hyper-focus on water as your source of mineral uptake either. You know, it's like I, I talk with a lot of people who hyper-focus on that element of, you know, even our water, you know, because we're not high mineral. And, you know, it's just, there's many other ways to, you know, uptake minerals in your life, you know, unless Eat you're... An oyster. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> there you go. Real uh, quick. It's, yeah. it's a fast... Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that brings me to another point. So, uh, you know, as I said, we're sitting here drinking this Ophora water and I forget where I first found you guys. It might have been maybe at Erwan, just buying bottled water. More than likely, yeah. Back in the day in, in LA. And then... Uh, tracked you down tony and started coming up to visit you guys at your um headquarters in santa barbara yes yes before we moved yeah yeah, yeah. And a couple of times you allowed me to come in and uh gave me the vip experience of doing the oxygenated purified ophora water cedar hot tub yes <laughs> which is no like, chlorine i've no had chlorine that on my bucket, on, my, on my uh vision board now for many years one day it's going to happen because i don't know if i've ever felt better and we'll get into that later but, um, you know, one thing that I was appealed to me about the Ophora water was as a long time, uh, super fan of spring water. I mean, for most of the past 20 years, that's what I've drank and oftentimes water that I've collected myself. Or sure. My, well, you, my, the big find a spring push that you're, you know, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah and my that. friend Chris, um, you know, Daniel Vitalis created find a spring and then my friend chris from alive waters acquired it and so now he runs it and then chris would uh we used to go collect spring water together and then he made this company alive waters and then he started delivering throughout california and it's great great water um but there's something magical about just getting raw untreated natural water from nature of course you can't just do that anywhere because it could be you know infected with pathogens and god knows what else but his water's tested and it's clean but when I found Ophora water, it's the only bottled water I've ever found, and I'm not just blowing smoke because you guys are sitting here, uh, that when it's cold, tastes as good. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, uh, water sommelier level. Uh, tastes as good as the best spring water I've ever had in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
that's amazing to hear. Yeah. yeah. And so that kind of got my attention because I don't find that with other bottled waters and thus began, you know, my interest in your company and how you guys achieve that. So going back to the distilled water, um, we could also, maybe you guys could define for people what RO or reverse osmosis water is. And then I want to talk about this process of remineralizing because a lot of people um, have questions about that. So break down RO and how you guys put minerals back in the water and all that. Absolutely. Yes. So um, to your point on the first initial reaction of drinking that water. um, Yeah. Thank you again. But um, you know, I never get tired of hearing that reaction from someone who drinks our water for the first time that is used to natural spring water. And we've had it, you know, ad nauseum that, that feedback, um, which is great to hear because uh, that's what we're trying to do. Um, natural sources, if they're available to you, fantastic. You know, but those are becoming so few and far between. Um, and the fact that uh, I, I personally don't, agree with the commercialization of natural spring water and bottling it and selling it in mass. Because again, back to my original statement of treating water like um, an entity that needs to be respected, we've got all this available water in our municipal infrastructure that has just been degraded and bastardized and beat down. Why not try to reclaim that mechanically and use technology to our advantage and use that water that's just been discounted? And then you're going to a natural spring, you know, bottling it in mass, drinking it, goes right back in the municipal system through the toilet and you're just basically moving it from one location that it's pure to another location that it just gets discounted. So again, not discounting bottled water, not discounting bottled or natural sourced water or natural sourced water purists. Nature does it best. But if we're doing it in mass and just transporting water to different locations, like why not let's use our resource that we have and use the technology that we have to bring it back to that, that pure state um, mechanically. So that leads into the RO thing. Um, so reverse osmosis as a modality, it's pr- the top tier of contaminant removal in water filtration these days outside of distillation. You know, that's a whole different chemical process, but mechanical contaminant removal. Um, RO as a base, it's a very tightly wound membrane. As water gets pushed through that, it removes the contaminants um, upwards of you know, 30,000 known contaminants in our municipal system. RO can get that down to you know, 99.999% effective rate. Nothing's ever 100. We don't stick with definitives. Um, but down, we'll, we'll stick with micron size, so 0.001 microns, triple zero, 0.0001 microns in pore size. So that's very, very small. Um, so that's what we use as a base uh, for our filtration. Most purified waters out there use reverse osmosis as a base for contaminant removal, um, but that's where a lot of other um, bottled water companies stop with just or or removing. Don't, or they don't even. Or they don't. They don't have RO. to. They, they don't, don't have, have to. to. So there are you know mandates set. <laughs> Um, by uh, the government of what is acceptable levels of contaminants in drinking water, um, and well, we can totally we, trust we can, the government. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we don't right. right. We were going to put right. our system, our a forest system in the house. I think. I think it was for that we did. Uh, we did a water test. You know, sent it to a lab, and I mean, this water where we live is really, really bad, but that's an independent lab. But if you just go sure. on, you know, whatever EPA, city of Austin or whatever it is, and oh, like, yeah. is my drinking water safe? They're like, yes. Absolute blanket passes. statement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the allowable levels of things like fluoride and bromines and chlorine and, you know, pharmaceuticals and all that stuff, like their threshold of safety is 
I mean, I wouldn't feed this water out of the tap to a farm animal. Right. Literally, and, and, you know? and you won't and it won't kill you in a week and that's that's what they're hoping it's you know you'll you'll get some life you won't out get of, giardia <laughs> or immediate, yeah you won't you won't get giardia but you'll get a calcified pineal gland after there you 30 go years. there you go and, and, and be a brain dead zombie you know, watching to, cnn <laughs> <laughs> zombie dot um <laughs> And to the people, you know, I work all across the United States, and of course, I hear the, the the comment. I've been drinking out of the hose, and I'm perfectly fine. And I'm just like, yeah, but that's you're probably taking like 18 medications to offset like a bunch of different things. So yeah, you're not dead, but let's double down on throwing chemicals into your body, you know, just to sustain how you've been treating that body. So yeah, anyway, so RO is yeah, where we're RO is where we're at. That's kind of the starting Does point. Does RO get I understand that uh, fluoride is a is a really tiny molecule. That's why most things don't get it out. Is RO sufficient to get it out? It does. It, uh, it does. It's literally like almost the only way to get it out. Right. I don't care what countertop system someone is selling and it's a flow through gravity percolated. It's not removing your fluoride. Yeah, there's a lot of this. I love this topic of like water filtration because it's rife with controversy. You know, it's one of the reasons I like to talk about it, is demystify it, debunk things, like get to the, hopefully the truth. There's certain industries, water filtration, uh, saunas. If you want to really get people going fucking crazy, start talking about hydrogen water. There you go. That one, I don't that's know another, why, uh, it is the most triggering topic, not for the people who consume it, not for the consumers, but for the people that sell the various hydrogen machines, the hydrogen pills. I did a show a few months ago uh, about hydrogen, uh, you know, wa- making the water with the machine, this great thing we have downstairs, the HydroFix. I use it all day, every day with y'all's water. It's amazing. But I did that and then the guy was talking about the hydrogen tabs and he thinks they're toxic and no good. And then all the people in the tab industry freaked out on me. I'm like, yo, I'm just like asking someone. We're trying to have a conversation. Right. Talk yeah. to the guy who made the statement. You know, they're like, sure. well, you, you let him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. anyway, yeah, the yeah. water filtration, there's so much misinformation. And, and that brings me to uh, your point, Tony, of... You know, a lot of the claims being made, like um, I've seen some pretty damning uh, videos about like the Berkey countertop machines that make claims that they get out this chemical and that chemical and then someone tests the water afterward and discovers they actually don't and so on. Um, and, and it's a sliding scale too because you're dealing with, you know, what is the contaminant level of the water based on the media and the contact time and the modality of that media because water needs contact time over media to be efficient. It needs to touch the media for a certain amount of time at the flow rate that it's coming in at to remove these contaminants correctly. You just don't buy something off the shelf because every municipality is different. Every well is different. Every person's experience with water is different. And that's the thing about water is that there's just so many variables in the conversation that just because information that someone has true to them it's probably true to them and i'm sitting here telling you and nick sitting here telling you our experiences of what we deal with with water in the space that we work with it in and that might not align with what that person thinks is true to them. and we're not discounting that we're just here to speak with what you know what we know and bring what we can add to the conversation about water. So you travel so, all over the country doing site visits uh, tony for people that you know, are interested in installing an OFORA system. Yes. Do you, do you find 
a lot of variation between the quality of municipal water and well water? I mean, do you find wells out there that people are drinking and they're like, oh, we're good and their well water is as bad as some city water, for example? Well water more so. Really? Yeah. More well, more variation. More variation. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we won't touch uh, a conversation of providing solutions for someone on a well until we receive a current and updated well water report. So we recommend I send them a link to National Testing Laboratories in Michigan. Uh, they're a super reputable lab. Oh, cool. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. National yeah. Testing Laboratories. Laboratories. Yeah. I think I've, I, that might have been where I sent mine in actually now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. They're pretty well known yeah. in the water space. And um, that way, at least, you know, we have a definitive of the quality of water to speak to. Um, and design design that proper properly. Um, what's interesting is that on some wells that we build for, you actually have to extract that water from the well, put it in a treatment tank, and either add chlorine or add hydrogen peroxide as a disinfectant. So you li- because it's so bad in the bacteria, or you can use ozone and UV. It just depends on how much, like I said, someone wants to spend on their water treatment, um, or how little. Um, so you really need to pre-treat that water, take care of the bacteria, uh, the iron, things like that. And then you can run it through something like our UF system platform. Got it. And then into your home. Do you ever uh, come across potential customer inquiries wherein they're on a well and they're worried about their well water being suboptimal and you find that their well water is awesome and perfect? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I haven't yet. Yeah, we get a lot of reports. Because that's, that's always been my dream. It's like, I just need to get a place off grid with a well. And then I always hear these horror stories of like well water sucking. Yeah. It, it's always... There's always something. Something. There's always something that, that can be improved upon. Um, you know, again, it's a sliding scale, right? There's, there's passable. And then if you just want to make a small few tweaks, like let's say there's some arsenic in your well or mm-hmm. there's trace amounts of fluoride and iron. Let's say, and you want to address like those. naturally occurring naturally fluoride. occurring sure. fluoride, right? And maybe some of those things are within acceptable limits, and that's considered potable and healthy for your lifestyle. Unless you know you see the alarm bells ringing of like E. coli and you know yeah, all these two hundred and fifty-six yeah. times the legal amount of arsenic through the yeah. EWG database. So you know, it's like whoa. alarm bells, right? So you know, in that scenario, on the lower end of that spectrum, it might just be like you know if this fits your budget and your lifestyle and you want to proceed with removing those small little things out to optimize to perfect water, go for it. My friend, Matt Blackburn, a fellow podcaster, he, he's got a property up in Idaho and he, he, he sells a filtration system now. He's a water geek, like I think all us three. Um, but he is of the belief that all the spring, last I checked, that all the spring water on the planet is all full of acid rain and all this nasty stuff. And I'm always trying to tell him, no, there are springs that are primary water. That's water that's never been through the hydrological cycle. It's actually water that is manufactured under the crust of the earth. It's new virgin water. It's clean. He has a spring-fed lake on his property up there and his whole house is on spring water. And it's like a 30 TDS, which for those that aren't water geeks yeah. listening is great mineral content. It's, it's very really low mineral. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. have a bunch of crappy calcium and shit in it. Anyway, right, right. but he still filters the whole house. Okay. And I'm like, dude, well, you're <laughs> you got the probably the best water, right? But I don't know if he's tested his spring. Do you guys ever have, uh, you know, inquiries from people who are on a property with a spring-fed system, you know, in spring water in their home, and then you test the spring water, and the spring water sucks? I haven't I haven't seen anything like that. Nothing that po- stands out. Um, yeah, not on the spring 
Yeah. As as yeah. being the and, and the TDS, source. like just on that point real quick, that's that's a great marker of just kind of a blanket, you know, what's in your water. Um, but in order for to understand the definitives, the black and white, that's where that full panel test really comes into handy because there are contaminants that won't show up on a TS TDS meter. Um you know, like microplastics, for example. And those are rot in our water supply, um, air supply. Let's not open that can of worms yet because we can have a two-hour conversation on that. But, but if you, you can um, afford a water test, I think it's just fun to do like outside of whether you're on a well. I'm, I'm working on a property right now for a, a plumber and a builder in Chicago. So that's the third job we're getting there. We've already worked with the contractor twice on other two homes. But the homeowner's on city water and he wants to have a full panel test done on it anyway. And I'm like, you're awesome, man. Let's see. Let's break it down. And then we can compare it to what your city is reporting to you from some outdated you know, right. safety guidelines. Right. So, right. Right. You know, and it's not like you can do anything. I mean, I mean, I guess you can if if you want to challenge that to the city. But at least I don't know. To us, it's just fun to geek out and just see what right. those differences are. You know, as opposed to what you know, uh, the information you're being the, provided. It, information you're being provided, just yeah. like anything else. It's like, why wouldn't you want to test your water? Absolutely. I mean, many of us, I'm sure majority of people listening go through the grocery store and look at the ingredients and everything we buy. Hopefully people are doing that, looking for seed oils and all the nasty shit in our food. Yeah. yeah. That's how I think about water too. And and to that to that point, there's so many I'm sorry, I'm talking so much. I'm get excited about this topic. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> One of the issues I have with water and people understanding the implications of drinking tap water like many people will drink a good bottled water. They get an Ophora system in their house or some other kind of purification system because they understand how gross most municipal water is. I think that many people don't understand that anytime you drink a canned or bottled drink, that unless they've gone to great lengths to take care of the source water, that you're just drinking tap water with a better flavor. And I mean, think about like Coors Light or something, right? Like, are they putting their water through RO? So one thing that I do like I gave you guys uh, one a kava, mm-hmm. um, a kava, kava yeah, a true kava, kava drink, and yes. you had an update drink. My two favorite bottled drinks, actually two of three, Hydro Shot is another one. And I've literally reached out to those companies on their website or talked to their CEO or founder because I work with them to, in some capacity. I'm like, I need to know exactly what your source water is because we drink these every day. And they're like, oh, it's triple filtered, RO, whatever. It passes you know, my my guidelines. What do you guys think about the municipal water that goes into most bottled and canned drinks, your kombuchas and all the stuff that you might find at like a healthy store like Whole Foods. Well, I think they should be treated. They should be treated. Uh, you Absolutely. know, I mean, that's your base. That's yeah. your baseline additive. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, everything else is that's your baseline product, right? That you're mixing mixing with, right? Everything else you're adding. Um, I don't know how those specific drinks react to whichever water quality they work best with. Um, I know coffee needs a certain TDS to be flavorful and you know what I mean? So there's markers outside of those specific drinks that I can't speak to, but I think at least it should be addressed in some way, you know. Do you think that if you're buying a bottled or canned drink at the grocery store and the first ingredient just says the word water and then the rest of the stuff that it's suspect? Uh, Proceed with caution later. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Next. Because well, the funny yeah. thing is, I've asked yeah. some brands. I'm like, dude, I don't want to drink your product. It just says water. And they're like, oh no, it's re- it's all reverse osmosis, legit. And I'm yeah. like, why don't you say that in your ingredient deck? Right, right. There's, I'm not the only nut that's like reading the deck, being like, I'm not going to drink this because it's tap water. 
Some of them don't. I don't think see the marketing value in like indicating to the consumer that the source water has been purified. Yeah, I think the conscientiousness is kind of growing towards that, even you know, in just the wellness space as a whole. You know, whether it's a facility or a beverage or or anything else. You know, there's all these mixed drinks that we see promoting, like the you know the packets with you know whatever it helps you do and they're adding it to a bottle of water and it's right. like, but what is that water? It's like, what are right. you, what are you absorbing? What are you using to absorb that up into your, you know, to hydrate with? So I hope it's something, you know, as good as what you just paid and what you believe in that product that you just dumped into it and you're mixing it with now because you're just... Rather than being overlooked and focusing on the, the sweeteners and the, you know, mushroom elixirs or tinctures or whatever else is going into, <laughs> right. the, into the drink, you know, water as a base needs to be respected first and foremost. Getting older is just one of those things, man. It happens to the best of us, even your humble host. I'm about to turn 53 this year. Yikes. Now, what if I told you there was a way to hack into the aging process and fight back against age-related decline? Mitopure from Timeline Nutrition is a breakthrough postbiotic that activates your body's natural defense against aging. This stuff is clinically shown to trigger a crucial recycling process within our cells called mitophagy that promotes healthy aging. And it's the first product to offer a precise dose of something called urolithin A, which is a compound derived from pomegranate. Ten years of research shows that it upgrades mitochondrial function, increases cellular energy, and improves muscle strength. And you can get your daily dose three different ways. Mitopure's berry powder is great for your morning smoothie, which is my favorite personally. They've also got soft gels, which are convenient for travel. And finally, their delicious vanilla protein powder combines muscle-building protein with the cellular energy of Mitopure to support strength in a brand new way. So here's what's up. Head over to TimelineNutrition.com Luke. Punch in code LUKE10 to get 10% off any 2, 4, or 12-month Mitopure plan. Again, use promo code LUKE10 for 10% off any 2, 4, or 12-month Mitopure plan at TimelineNutrition.com Luke. Take me back to the, the RO thing. So in the house here, finally, like this has been a lifelong dream to have a whole house filtration system. So I'm so excited. It's also been a dream to have what I think is the best I've found based on my research, which is the O4 system. And then we also have this bioquantum uh, water uh, cooler and heater, mm-hmm. <laughs> water machine, right. water cooler, like mm-hmm. you'd have in an office, but mm-hmm. inside it, inside the guts is all of this filtration and UV and ozone, oxygen, all this crazy shit. But one thing I notice about what you guys do is after you run the water through reverse osmosis and you're essentially stripping it down into what you referred to, I think, as a dead water, there's these cartridges that have, I don't know, they look like a bunch of crystals and rocks and stuff in them that are like, one of them, I think, polishes the water and another one adds the minerals in. So talk to us about what is necessary to restore water to something closer to its original state, which has the right minerals you want after you've stripped everything out? Is this a really important uh, piece for people? Sure. Um, yeah, I took RO, so... Yeah, so Sorry. after the RO, you know, I could speak to the, the mineral process and a little bit to the restructuring and then, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, after you strip the water of everything, you want to you know add minerals back into it. Like you said, you don't want to be drinking dead acidic water. So uh, we use uh, bioceramics, NSF certified, naturally sourced bioceramics, uh, which are just compressed uh, minerals into beads. Um, and then the water passes along those again at the correct flow rate and has the correct con- contact time to uh, take on those minerals to elevate the pH. So, um, you know, we have a board of advisors that we've worked with for years in many different backgrounds of health and wellness. And we all have, agree- have agreed that anywhere landing between like 8 and 8.5 is a really healthy uh, pH. Uh, we don't exceed, try to exceed like the 9.510. There's just, we don't see a real reason. It can start to lead to, you know, uh, small migraines things like that, there's not really a benefit to that. Um, and then the polishing aspect, that's an organic coconut shell carbon that we use and that helps with taste and odor. Um, and all these things that we add are, are very much a part of water treatment done correctly in the stages done correctly. And then we restructure that with vortexing and uh, rose quartz uh, spheres. Oh, that's the so so, I am seeing crystals yeah. inside. Yeah, so, yeah. so we do we do add the vibrational you know aspect and what that brings to uh, you know the adding love and intention back in the water as as good as we can. Like we said, we're working within uh, a space that we've been given. It's not spring water, but like again, we're we're throwing all the intention and everything we can, both scientifically and from uh, a spiritual aspect, and because we believe in both, we're not this way or this way. It's we really see, you know, um, it's it's our own version of biohacking, I guess. You know, in, in in the water space, it's bringing the two together to create kind of this harmony um, for a finished product. Um, so through vortexing the rose quartz, um, so that's on that system. That's on the bioquantum, the water station that you have. We also provide that on the under the counter system, uh, and that comes that one of those systems comes complementary with our home system. Um, but on our bottled water production, we also do that in real time. Basically, we're trying to recreate the way nature uh, oxygenates itself. Uh, water oxygenates itself in nature through cascading and hydraulic pressure and things like that. Um, so that's what we've been able to uh, create. And then most recently, we've gone ahead and I just finished uh, building a uh, 528 hertz frequency generator that puts 528 hertz frequency into our uh, treatment. Really? Our processing tank. So for we're, the bottled water. For the, for the bottled, bottled water. water. Yeah. So it's yeah. getting all the scientific you know, aspects in water treatment, removing everything, restructure it, rebuilding it, adding the rose quartz. So that cycles over that rose quartz vortexing uh, restructuring device 24-7. So it's in constant flow over that. And then in that tank, we're also adding the 528, 528 hertz to hertz. it. That's cool, yeah. dude. And at one point, yeah. I think we were we also uh, play crickets to it at night. We're like, we're like, we're like <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. do everything. Yeah. You know, let's that do we everything. Believe in. Yeah. What if what if uh, Veda Austin did did one of her photography experiments? Veda, if you're listening, please. And it's and it's 528 or 532. 528 hertz. What if she did it and it was like 528 in the water? <laughs> <laughs> let's find out. Yeah, that, HRZ or It'd whatever. Be interesting let's to see out. what it shows. <laughs> that's yeah. that's super That'd be cool. really cool. Yeah, and uh, peep and so. In terms of 
the options for people if they wanted to work with you guys. You have either the whole house system or you have something called an estate system, which is like, for, I'm assuming, for a bigger property or commercial property. And then you have the under sink unit that can be purchased a la carte or the bioquantum water cooler dealio that can also be purchased a la carte. But so, if somebody gets the whole house system, then that comes with the undersink system correct. as well. Correct. If someone has the whole house system, what's the purpose of the undersink system? Great question. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we do have a lot of product lines and we're kind of unique in that space under the Ophora umbrellas. You know, we have products that fit certain applications and lifestyles and budgets, right? Um, but to answer your question specifically, the under-the-counter system is a reverse osmosis-based system. So that's stripping out you know, all the impurities that we can um, to the highest level that we can. Um, also reintroducing the minerals, the rose quartz, the vortexing um, for ingestion, right? So the, uh, the, okay. the alkaline um, nature, the 8.0 to 8.5 pH range for ingestion, um, doing that on a whole home level starts to become uh, very cost prohibitive. It does waste a lot of water if you're using RO on large volumes of water for the property. So the whole home system, that's ultra filtration based, not RO based. They're both membrane based filtration. Um, UF, a little less on the contaminant removal, but not by much. And certainly better than any of the traditional tank style systems that are carbon based that you see nowadays. Um, so you're getting great filtration for the entire house when you're interacting with your water outside of ingestion. Um, but when you want to go to drink or cook, you've got that, you know, assuredly the most pure mineralized restructured water for internal use. Perfect. And, right. and just to give you a, a kind of a, kind of a sense of where those three, you know, filtration processes land as far as, you know, micron size. So like basic carbon tanks, like your life source or anything like that off the shelf, you're only really filtering down to two microns which in our world is still very large. <laughs> Give me an um, example. A, a um, thread of human hair is about 10 microns in, si oh, wow. in size, right? And if you're talking about things like fluoride, pharmaceutical residue, mm -hmm. microplastics, mm -hmm. they're Any, anything much smaller sub, than that, sub right? yeah, anything, Submicron. Yeah, okay. anything smaller than two micron is, is getting through. And that's, like I said before, if it's contacting with the media in its proper time. And most of the time, those, those carbon tanks end up channeling anyways. So the media becomes solidified in certain areas. Water chooses the path of least resistance. And it's just ripping through that media in a channel. And it's not, you know, percolating through the media as it's designed. So we also, when we talk about our home systems and what you have, we've removed that. We've just removed all the pain points that we've found in the water treatment space. Um, so carbon is two micron. Uh, your whole home system, uh, the UF system, uh, UF is down to a 0 0.015 micron. So your sub-micron filtration already right there. Um, and that's just those, those membranes. That's not including the quick connect cartridges that you know, are post that before the UV sterilization on your system. Um, and then like Nick said earlier, RO is 0 0.0001 micron, which is you know, for fluoride and, and trace pharmaceuticals, trace hormones, things like that. Um, so yeah, even in the um, the mechanical, the 0 0.015 on the ultrafiltration membranes, that's extremely robust, even enough to mechanically remove viruses, bacteria, and, and cysts. It's right in that size range. Wow. Yeah. So for... they, they use UF on blood dialysis. Oh, really? That's the uh, comparison. So I yeah, guess wow. that's the that's similar the medical application. That's I'm the sure medical application. Tweaked, but in water, it's so, the same style of 
membrane-based. Yeah, right. so needless to say, if one has the whole house system, which is doing all of your bathing water, and I, by the way, I'm so stoked to be able to like water all my plants and all that stuff, and yeah. of course bathe in that. Mm-hmm. So if you have that, then the undersink unit or the bioquantum, you're, you're, you're running already super purified water mm-hmm. into now RO, mm-hmm. the remineralization, the restructuring, the polishing, all right. that stuff that comes afterward, which yep. is, okay, that explains With, why the water tastes like spring water yeah, then at the end because of it. Because you're not running the, the smaller system at 6,000 RPMs, right? You're not having to have it work at such a stressed you know, filtration level because you are, you have basically pre-filtration before that. That's so, so epic. So you get the longevity out of the filters as well. So, oh, you know, things like that. Right. They're not stressed as hard. Um, and then what minerals are you guys putting back in? I'm still confused about this and I don't know if you guys will be able to answer this, but when we're talking about TDS, total dissolved solids, like the water in Texas, like tap water, even spring water, like a mountain valley spring water from nearby Arkansas. You know, again, like <laughs> talking about some people are more privileged in their access to water. If I had no better water, mountain valley spring water would be wonderful, of course, right? Perfect. But yeah, yeah. if I'm being super picky about it and I've worked really hard my entire life to be able to be really picky about water, Mountain Valley spring water is really high TDS. And you can tell because if you put it in a pot and boil it, it leaves like that lime scale um, right. scum, mm-hmm. uh, like this chalky substance, right. which to me is like some shitty, way too much calcium. You get plenty of calcium from your diet. What we don't get is silica and magnesium and some of the other minerals that we need. So I look at that as like a hard water, wherein it's inorganic minerals that are basically ground down rocks, limestone likely here in Texas and in Arkansas. And what I understand is that your body can't really assimilate that much calcium, especially in that form, has to do with kind of the ionic exchange of it or something. And so drinking water like that can lead to calcification, your arteries, (laughs) joints, et cetera. Yeah. So like I'm very, I'm still not totally clear on like a high TDS is bad but maybe only depending on the ion exchange of those minerals, like the and form what that the mineral, minerals are in right. sure. yeah, and sure. the ratio of mm-hmm. them. So maybe, I don't know how much you guys know about that part of it, but I, I'm still wanting to understand and learn the total dissolved solids, which minerals we want, which form, which ones we want more of, less of, et cetera. Yeah. Um, well, we're not, we're not doctors and that's, if you pose an interesting question that I you know, want to do some more research on myself, um, you know, to... Well, we did have that experience yeah, with we Robert, uh, yes. the builder in Los yes, Angeles yes, yes. that we came across. He showed up to a job one day and I was there working on a system and we we make really good relationships with the builders we work with and the trades that we work with because we work within that whole structure in Southern California. And uh, one of the great builders we work with, Robert, is just like, man, my, you know, I, he was in the hospital again for kidney stones and he's just like having kidney stones every second. I'm all, dude, what kind of water are you drinking? And he's like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say in the water, but it's like, he's drinking a high pH water, high TDS water, high mineral content water. I'm like, dude, drink a case of this and let me know if, you know, that, you know, goes away. The, 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 how many times you're having these issues. And now he's just like, you know, we're, we're hooked. He, he saw a different, you know, and I think his body is prone to, hyper, you know, uh, I guess 
creating kidney stones, kidney stones yeah. with yeah, calcification yeah. within yeah. his body. Yeah. And I'm like, you should not be drinking that water. And he's just like, thank you. I've never even, no one's ever told me about anything like that before. So, you know, and like we said, I'm not a doctor, but I'm like, dude, what kind of water are you drinking? And I, I knew right away it was a high, high mineral water, you know, and he's just sucking it down because it's, you know, inexpensive. It's in plastic. It's kind of familiar. So it's popular. Um, and it was branded well. So, um, so he's super thankful. So we're low TDS. We are, our whole thing isn't, you know, we're not trying to be spring water. Um, and we're not trying to push high pH or high TDS. Um, we like the lower TDS because, you know, we want that taste profile with what we do with our hyperoxygenation. Um, and we've won, you know, a few, quite a few first place awards uh, on the East Coast for international. I don't, many people probably don't know there are like water flavor competitions. I know in, in Europe, I think it's a bit bigger, right? There's like, you know, all these different um, boutique spring water companies in uh, Italy and Greece and, you know, around the Mediterranean, I guess, and maybe um, Switzerland, it's places like that, yeah, right? Yeah. It's and a- there's like this whole subculture of water <laughs> fanatics <laughs> yeah. that are like wine fanatics. Sure. And water so, sommeliers and yeah, yeah. You know, that. So you guys have won some awards based on taste. Uh, best purified water. Yeah. For um, three, it was three, three, three times we've won that. First yeah. place, one year was second. Um, but it's a new it's a new judge panel uh, every year. And it's blind. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And minerals have a lot to do with taste and water too, which you know, a big respect for water sommeliers with that discerning palate. You know, and it, again, just kind of treating it like the artisan source from the earth, like you would get a different style of grape um, at a, picked at a different season for a certain variety of wine, right? You know, there's that those little nuances um, that come up for the water profile, um, but those are direct result of minerals in the water, which is, you know, the, the taste of our water is it's clean, it's pure, it's airy. It's kind of got that effervescent mouthfeel to it. Without being a sparkling. Um, without yeah. being a sparkly it's water. Very light, yeah. Um, which, which is great because a lot of people can take that and then you do their own, you know, mil- manipulations on the tail end of that. So if there's a, a certain mineral blend that works well for your body, might not work well for my body, might not work well for a pregnant woman's body, right? But if there's anything that they want to put into it, knowing assuredly that that's the best base product that they can exactly exactly so any sort of room for additives like add your goodness to this too if you want at home and in any case going back to the to the ro and distilled water thing i mean it's recommended that people put minerals back into their water once it's been stripped regardless of like the flavor profile and wanting it to taste good right yeah well it becomes aggressive you know, if you're running it through copper, it's leaching copper. If you're running it through PEX, it's leaching PEX. If you're running it through Schedule 40, it's leaching. You know what I mean? It's going to be aggressive water if it's not balanced. So, and you know, it doesn't even have to be 8.5. It can be 7.1 or 7. Point, you know, as long as it's not, you know, in the range of... And a lot of the wells we, we test are pretty consistently around like between 6 and 6.8. Oh, really? So kind of a little on Slightly the acidic, acidic side. Yeah. But like all sparkling water is four pH. Highly acidic. And really? people are just chugging that stuff. That's like, funny. I didn't know yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's super acidic. There was a time uh, many years ago, and I'm somewhat embarrassed, but you know, I was new to the water game and I got, uh, I got roped into the Kangen water MLM thing. And I was like, this is going to be my new business. And we would do these like tests where you get the, the pH drops, right? And show all the different drinks and everything is so acidic. 
Little did I know, long story short, I was essentially drinking very poorly filtered tap water through my Kangen machine. I still get questions about this. I'm like, people haven't figured this out. I mean, the filter is like four inches high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, right. If you look at the filter in my garage, it's like six, four foot right. big cartridges, you know, just to get the shit out of the water. Like sure. a Kangen machine is not going to do that. Uh, but the acidic thing is is really interesting, and I didn't know that about uh, about the sparkling water. And and I'll also say I don't think it really matters if you have an acidic drink here and there. And I definitely don't find any benefit in drinking super high pH water, simply for the fact. And this is just my Flintstonian understanding of human biology. Your digestive system is is. What is it, two? Two or three, yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, why yeah. would, I mean, like, if stomach, you want to digest yeah, some stre- food... Stress less <laughs> right. and allow yourself... Don't get ulcers, but, you know, yeah. drink, like, why drink a better... drink, like, a 11 pH water? Right. You're basically, like, you might as well... Do, and if you wanted that, too, you could just take a teaspoon of baking soda and mix it in your water if you feel like you want some alkaline water yeah. that day. Yeah, I don't you know. ever thrown a bath bomb in a water? Exactly. <laughs> or an Alka-Seltzer? I don't, like a, the whole, like, alkaline water thing yeah. and Kangen machines, and I'm sorry for, you know, you Kangen distributors out there. I'm not trying to shit on your business if it works for you. Yeah. Good for you. This, well, is, and that, this is my opinion. Yeah, but. we've had our own... We've been challenged, sideswiped by... <laughs> by that conversation yes, yes, we in have. the same group of just unknown right. challenged mm. by that you know uh, representative um, and it's interesting um, but you know the way we remineralize our water is through uh, flow and um, al- uh, allowance delivering um, the minerals to the water for it to accept rather than the technology of shocking. electrolysis Forcing it right, uh, so yes. we're a big we're a big believer, you know, in that process. Just like anything else we do outside of the body, right? We want to be allowed and accepted, and we want to absorb things that we're attracted to, right? Not be forced into a certain state, and that's what most water companies do to balance their pH or elevate their pH. Is they just zip. The electrolysis is what the like alkaline water machines do. Essentially, they're electrocuting the water and changing the pH by that. And what you're saying is the Ophora water system is purifying the water and then the the water then is like hungry to get back to its natural state, exactly. right? It's exactly. find its uh, you know, its um homeostasis, right? And then so it only picks up as much minerals running through that cartridge as it wants or needs, essentially. At that flow rate. Within that, that amount of time that it's contacting those, right? Right. And which is, you know, tweaked to the point where we get that eight point zero to eight point five. Interesting. Y'all have heard me talking a lot about silver lately to protect your wealth. Well, did you know that silver can also protect your health? Yes, my friends, it's true. Wise men and women have known about the healing power of silver across generations, cultures, and continents. It's one of those hidden gems the powers that be don't want you to know about, even though it's literally been used for centuries. But our homies over at Silver Biotics have taken silver to the next level with their unique SilverSol technology. SilverSol starts with a metallic nanoparticle, layers on a super-thin silver oxide coating, then suspends it in a liquid base. This process gives it multiple modes of action and actually lets you take much less than you'd need with other ionic or colloidal silver particles. This gives it multiple modes of action, and it actually lets you take much less than you need with other ionic or colloidal silver particles. 
Silver Biotics offers a slew of products ranging from skin and oral care to wound care and immune support, and all of their products inhibit the growth of microbes, fungus, and mold. But get this, multiple studies have shown SilverSol to be microbiome-friendly, so that means it doesn't harm the beneficial gut bacteria that we all need to thrive. I just love this stuff, and I'm quite certain that you will too, and you can find it at silverbiotics.com, and the discount code there is Luke, which saves you 30% on everything. Oh, and here's a hot tip for you pet lovers out there. They've even got a line called Pet Vet to keep your little furries one tip-top without exposing them to any wacky scents or toxic ingredients. A few times a week, I put a few drops of this in Cookie's food, and she's doing great. Again, visit silverbiotics.com, and the code is Luke. And then what minerals are you guys putting back in the water? Uh, potassium, magnesium, calcium, and a little bit of sodium for electrolyte. Oh, cool. so nothing, it's nothing major, but it's a yeah. blend, and yeah. yeah, we're not trying to check everything, and you know, go nuts, but the essentials, and yeah. And as you said, it's you're not trying to create a mineral water; you're just trying to create a water that's close to natural, like right. what an optimal spring water would have in it, or something. Yeah, yeah, just a, a good balance, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's know, it's like what, talking back to you know what you're saying about having something, you know, a spring water every year. Now and then, it's like I think I literally classify, my, classify myself as like a moderatorian. Like I'm just like if I want to do something early, maybe in something uh, I'm just in moderation, right? My life is about balance. So you know, there's certain things that probably aren't the healthiest thing for me to do, but occasionally I'll do them, and then you know I bring in that all the healthy. It's a balance, basically, <laughs> is what I'm right. what I'm trying to say. So yeah. it's, that's what we're just trying to do with that. You know, that process is you know, give it a good balance. But I, I know you guys have uh, UV or ultraviolet light integrated into, uh, is it in the bioquantum? It's in both the systems. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so the water's running through that to um, disinfect it, essentially, make sure no pathogens make sure. it through red. Like I have one of those on my pool now because I'm always in the war of trying to get rid of chlorine and I have not succeeded yet. And we're going to talk about okay, that in a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> so I know you guys figured out how to do that. But uh, I really like the idea of UV light, right? It's, mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's a man-made light, but it's essentially like putting something out in the midday sun, right? Sure. Um, I interviewed a guy named Robert Slovak, who's a advocate for, he's got a company called Water and Wellness and he um, reps the AquaTrue countertop system, which by the way, folks, I cool. still love. Uh, it's great. Um, it's very affordable if you live in an apartment, you can't yeah. afford an under sink system or whatever. Um, and he's a guy that brought the Quinton Sea Mineral to the States. And so he recommends oh, yeah. remineralizing the, your water. That's yeah, the cool. ampules. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, cool. So cool. You just put yeah. one of those in. So you guys have that as an affordable option. Um, and we'll put that in the show notes too. But one thing that he taught me, he was an early pioneer in the RO space uh, when it was used in car washes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Because the hard water would leave spots on the car. Of course. Spot-free rinse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh spot-free rinse. So he, I don't know if he was the guy that figured out, oh, we should do this to drinking water, but he was involved in that in the beginning somehow. Mm -hmm. So we've had a number of in-depth conversations because he really understands RO and water filtration and stuff. Yeah, very knowledgeable, very cool guy. But one thing he shared with me is he said, Luke, if you have an under-sink water purification system, which I used to have one that will remain unnamed. (laughs) I don't want to shit on them, but 
if you have an un- undercounter RO system and it has the holding tank or whatever the overflow tank is, he goes, if you don't have UV in line after that, you're very likely going to end up with some harmful bacteria in your drinking water. He's like, never do that. So I, I stopped doing that just at his advice. Are you guys aware of this phenomenon of the potential of harmful bacteria growing in the RO tank? And is that why you put an additional UV bulb in line with the undercounter sink? It so, is. It's a know? redundant protection. Right. Um, and like, you know, if you're on city water, obviously they're chlorinating the water so much that there shouldn't really be the potential of bacteria to initially get into your filtration system. But if it does, there is that redundant protection. And we do that with all of our systems. That's just water treatment 101. And it always goes, the UV always goes last in line. So if you ever go look at a water system and there's a UV and then you've got like a post five micron sediment filter, well, you're jacked because... You need the UV last because there's nothing fibrous for it for a bacteria to grow in. So if you have UV and then a post-sediment filter, there's a potential for that bacteria to grow in that sediment filter after the UV and then go into your house. So UV in the water treatment space is, I mean, that's like kind of water treatment 101. I mean, you talk with any water specialist, they're going to be like, yes, if you're adding UV, I'd recommend it and put it last in line. And so. we've implemented that kind of on a scaled up version of, you know, large home systems that we've done. Um, we've had a big home in Beverly Hills. We did a, a large estate style system at the bottom of a hill, very long plumbing run up to the estate. So recognizing that the water is traveling, um, you know, without chlorine in it, pure UV light, number one, it's going through these pipes that may not have been changed. There might be some stuff going on in that pipe. So we put at the point of entry in the basement of the home, another UV light. Yeah. Uh, So it's like your, you know, last bit of protection. And then throughout the home, there's multiple under the sinks. So there's UV light, UV light there. Yeah. So you guys are hard. Take that into consideration. Well, you know, it's, 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 you know, we, we, we do it properly because we do ultimately have, you know, the client's health in mind because we know how quickly water treatment can get out of control. And when it's done incorrectly, it can really screw you up. So we have to, and it's, and of course we're, we're a company, man. We're trying to, you're trying to grow, not collapse. So if we don't offer the correct way to do it, I mean, if you can afford it, cool. If you can't, then we're like, well, that's fine too. Uh, But this, if you're going to work with us, this is the way we need to do this. And water is the most (laughs) intimate part of your home. You know, just Mm -hmm. stop and think of how many interactions you have with water throughout your day in your home from start to finish. Just count them, you know, waking up, getting a glass, brushing your teeth, taking a shower. You know, that's four within the first half hour of your day. Doing you know, a potty. Doing yeah. A, yeah, exactly. All of that. <laughs> All of it. All of it. Yeah. All of You're it. speaking um, my language. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I want to say, for the, for, before I forget, for you guys listening, if you go to oforawater.com slash Luke, by the way, you're going to get a discount if you want to work with them and as well get some free bottled water if you choose to get a system of forwater.com slash Luke. And I'll put that in the show description and make it clickable for you guys. Um, now, when I first found y'all, I don't know if you had the, the bioquantum cooler and the uh, under sink thing as a la carte items that people could get. I think it was just the whole house and I was okay. renting at the time. So mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to do a whole house filtration system. Sure. And it was like way far out of my budget at mm-hmm. that time, you mm-hmm. know? Um, anyway, even if I had owned a house, sure. are, the, are the two kind of a la carte 
things relatively new because we're talking like the under the sink thing is what like 3500 bucks mm-hmm. 35 yeah. and the other one's around five grand yeah, for right. the bioquantum yeah right, just around, right around there just, yeah. just shy of that i mean that's like from my research and i've represented a lot of different filtration companies and looked at them myself like that's kind of what around what most of them cost for the anything that's done properly right yeah i, I mean, mean it's a lot of money like for some of people acknowledge but i was really stoked to find that you guys had those two options mm-hmm. because for people that are renting and living in an apartment like mm-hmm. i was or just people that don't have the coin to drop on a whole system like mm-hmm. that's pretty attainable to make sure that you have really delicious totally pure mineralized structured mm-hmm. all the things water on tap absolutely for yourself and and your pets mm-hmm. right and plants and plants and yeah. Plants. yeah i think one of the reasons too, most so. people think they suck at house plants is because they're giving them tap Sucky water, water. Right? <laughs> yeah for real yeah, even yeah. even i was you know i still have the alive spring water here when guests i mean i use it sometimes yeah and when guests come over if they don't want cold water then i'll you know offer them the the alive spring water um but I was using so much of that alive spring water to water my plants. And I noticed when I started doing that, it was worth it because they started doing better. So my plants cool. were kind of getting weird. Uh-huh. And then I don't know, do you guys know about the analemma wand? Yes, the little, we do. We, the we restructuring do. Yeah. wand? Yeah. Then I started, you know, because I'm a geek. Then I started Just, taking the alive spring water and stirring it with the analemma wand and okay. then watering my plants. Okay. And my plants went bananas. They're really? like, yeah, there's only one, which unfortunately is the money tree that I can't keep alive. I've tried it in different locations. It hates this house or something. Which is hopefully not a bad omen. Yeah. I'm buying water systems and shit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like, you know, of course we think about ourselves, our family, our kids, our pets, but for those of us that are that are plant fans, and I think of plants as like my friends. They're part of my family. I'm I'm just that way yeah yeah they're, they're um, part of your family you know in your so house I, and, I think yeah. that's a really cool thing too is like if you're a plant lover is to really be conscientious about the water you're giving your plants and it's amazing the difference it makes versus just giving them like dead toxic tap water it's great feedback yeah yeah, yeah. most definitely well, you guys will put that on your website marketing and yeah, i think yeah. <laughs> i think something i don't know if anyone cares as much as i do but i think there's something to it um, actually, Robert Slovak, I was asking him about it. He told me that one of the problems with feeding your plants tap water is if you have a really high TDS water, like a really hard water like we do here in Texas, that it um, all that calcification um, smothers the root system. And it basically just turns into a big rock Makes and, sense. and kills the soil. Sure, yeah. That's part of it. And then the other thing is with all of the chloramine and chlorine and all this stuff, it kills the microbiome of the soil. And so you, 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 you know, you're not getting the nutrients to the roots that comes from the... Um, it never makes it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it just gets it, blocked up. It, yep. yeah, yeah, all the microorganisms essentially that turn the dirt and rocks into minerals that the plant can then use as food. You stop that process. It's right. really well, if, interesting. Well, well, if it's killing bacteria in your water, then it's not allowing the correct bacteria to interact in the soil. So it's just, I think, messing up the whole, you know... What life of how that works naturally just, too. Just the biome of the dirt. Yeah. The plant's not just a cool leafy, you know, beautiful thing that sprouts out. I mean, there's the whole, you know, workforce down there to make it so. Yeah. If we took the soil of any houseplant and put it under a microscope, I mean, you would see a whole universe in there, right? Yeah. And then this tree starts talking to this tree underground, you know, 
oh, this property sucks. This guy's never going <laughs> to give us good one. You know, it's like they're all communicating underground. You know, we think we're all awesome up here. but Yeah, all the mycelium yeah, is like, stay yeah. away from <laughs> 214 Elm Street. Yeah. Uh, talk, let's talk about some of the other nitty-gritty stuff like um, microplastics and, you know, some of the stuff that's in water. I mean, I think many people realize it's important to drink purified water, but... I just want to impress upon people again, going back to like bottled and canned drinks. And like, even if you drink bottled water, you have filtered water. There's so much weird shit in our water. And microplastics is something I didn't used to hear about. And, and now I'm hearing more about it. Can you talk to us about what that looks like and means? Yeah, I mean, the, yes, the, the information into it. is out there. So anybody that's interested in just going down a, a pretty scary rabbit hole, you know, just start, you know, Googling microplastics in, in water. Um, what we found is, um, you know, bottled water is a, is a big contributor. Bottled in plastic is a big contributor to not only the microplastic problem in our waterways, but also what's inside that bottle for ingestion. You know, because that will, you know, PET out in the sun gets baked. All of these microplastics are sloughing off that you can't see within the bottle. You're ingesting it. Um, you know, microscopic, again, we're looking at micron, submicron levels. Um, but I just I just read an interesting study about in, even in the oceans by 2050 they're projecting that the amount of microplastics will outweigh the number of fish in the oceans, which is terrifying. So the problem is real. Um, what was else? It's showing up everywhere. Yeah, and we're not talking about like it's showing up on TikTok. It's showing up in women's placentas. Like real studies, real not studies. TikTok studies. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's showing up in women's placentas. You know, and that's being transferred. You know, to. Yeah new life see when i picture i i guess i can't get my head around what microplastics means because i'm just thinking about like oh you take like a polyester blanket or something right and you shake it and you can see like the dust coming off it essentially that it's it's disintegrating and i, I think of that as microplastics but are we talking about bits of plastic that are truly microscopic so microscopic that they can break through the 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 Blood barrier and get into your in your bloodstream. I mean, there are submicron submicron nanoparticles yeah. that are plastic mm-hmm. that are out there that they're fighting in. You uh, know, placentas blood. and fish. And, I wonder yeah, you bloodstreams know. and um, it, another study I just saw recently is um, the phytoplankton in the ocean that is responsible for about ten percent of Earth's uh, oxygen. Right, so that whole biome that's working in our oceans. Um, microplastics are affecting their oxygen production directly. Um, they're not putting out as much because they're getting smothered by these microplastics. Don't understand the direct mechanism or deeper level than that, but you know it's a, it's. And then there's legacy plastics that are floating around the earth, you know, blowing off the garbage patches in the Pacific and you know, mixing with the jet stream and raining down. And it's just it's just in the fabric now of what we do yeah. um, transference of yeah you know which it's a scary thought um but you know back to what we do um we've got our we water did. third party certified as microplastics free, uh, free mm-hmm. which is great yeah we, we we'll take the one sent in That's samples so cool. and had it lab certified by uh simple labs which is right. a I know a lab that a lot of people we work with use and trust because I see their well reports coming water reports coming from Simple Labs so I'm like I'm going to use that one as well so that's 
So and that's what we did. California actually just became the first world government to um, test and mandate, you know, acceptable levels of microplastics. Uh, which that's is not acceptable. Levels <laughs> I mean, of we'll take the win because of the you know awareness. Well, it's awareness. being acknowledged. Going on. It's yeah. being acknowledged, but you know, acceptable levels. They're getting there. You know, it's I in mean, the consciousness. Think about the least. effect of plastics on the endocrine system. Yes. Yeah, it's having fertility issue, you know, leading to fertility issues, I'm sure. Um, yeah. and there's also so many things. It's been linked to 17 genders now that are yeah. recognized, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a brand I new mean, world. There could yeah. be something about gender dysphoria and all yeah. of the microplastics swimming around in all these poor kids' bodies. It's been linked to obesity. Uh, I, honestly, you know. totally off topic, but I think a lot of that's probably parents who are just brainwashed with some social contagion and just don't let their kids be kids. But right. anyway, yeah, be off topic. Of, it's, 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 it's everything. Well, that it's the, world, the, the, pharmaceuticals, the world of influence. Pharmaceuticals and hormones that are in municipal water sources now. You know, there's no proper way of taking that out on the municipal level. Um, if they want to, it's very expensive. Um, and you don't have to. It's not mandated. So. so if you have millions of women on pharmaceutical birth control... And they're all urinating in the municipal water. And then that water in, in most cities, if I'm not mistaken, is then, you know, cleaned, air quotes, and then recycled into the municipal drinking water supply. Anyone who's drinking that water is essentially microdosing birth control. Pharmaceutical cocktail. And Prozac and God yep. knows what else. Yeah. Trace. There was a, Even if it's trace, you know, it's still going into your body. Yeah. And, I mean, the, and, and the energetics of all that too. If you want to level up and go to the energetics right, of that, right? You know, I mean, that's the kind of where it's coming from. You're not doing anything at the point of entry to your home to speak to that before it enters the home, or reshape that, or you know, give it a hug, or how whatever you want to do. You know, run you it know, over some quartz crystals. Run it over some quartz. <laughs> do, you know, it's yeah. it's it's you pay for it, and you know, uh, you put it in your body, and you interact with it. So let's let's level up and. I wonder if, you know, to Veda Austin's work, right? I wonder how much impact, say one just doesn't care to or can't afford to purify the water in their home. I wonder how much impact intentionality and prayer could have on water, you know, like the practice of praying over your food, right? As right. I, I'm assuming your all food has a bunch of water in it. You're, you're probably changing the molecular structure of your food just by putting that intention. I, I wonder... It's got to be helpful. I'm sure I wouldn't think it's enough, but... How that would counteract the, the physical contaminants yeah. with, with a kind of a spiritual shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you have a special, you yeah. know, a special picture of your tap water. I mean, if you have to drink tap water, you have a special picture of it and you pray over it or sure. write intentions on it or something like Dr. Emoto's work. Yeah, you know? absolutely. He's kind of the pioneer in all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't rely on that alone, but it's... I wouldn't rely on that it's worth exclusively, <laughs> but it's a good little extra layer and understanding of, you know, your relationship with water, right? Better than doesn't nothing. hurt. Yeah, doesn't hurt. Okay, what about... Um, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, what are, what are forever chemicals? This is something I'm starting to hear about in the thought sphere and I don't I don't really know what that means. Do you guys know? The PFASs and all that fun stuff. So I believe those are, you know, the chemicals that are formed of other byproduct chemicals that end up, you know, 
coming together to form a forever chemical that doesn't, you know, really dissipate. Like most chlorine, if you have chlorine in a, in your water, you can usually leave it out in a pitcher for a day or so and it'll off gas. But what cities are doing with like chloramine is mixing chlor- chlorine and ammonia to basically try to turn it into a forever chemical because it's less for them to dose a, a forever chemical made by a chemical bond than to just add chlorine and have it dissipate, right? So they add that bond so it stays in the infrastructure longer. And those can be removed. Uh, you know, uh, carbon, carbon can remove those. Uh, reverse osmosis, obviously, you know, because that's removing fluoride and trace pharmaceuticals and trace hormones. So, yeah, removing those can be done. So it's the, it's the synergistic kind of alchemical process of what we don't really even know when different a lot chemicals of bio, combine. Right, right. right. How make, well did we do in chemistry class? You yeah, know, they make like, a new chemical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they meet and, right. you know, it's a marriage. That's interesting. Toxic yeah, one, that, that explains <laughs> why my, uh, my pool guy insists on like pouring a shit ton of chlorine in the pool every week when he comes. I'm like, dude, you just put it all in. He goes, it's all gone. Right. Well, then, it's in the then, sun. Well, then if they want to add the stabilizer to that, that's like the bigger fist punch right there. That's the oh, bromine. What's that? That's the bromine. Yeah. That's so, the, so they add the, chlor- the chlorine and the bromine in the pool, or like you know that combo is like because they want to. It's a stabilizer. Stabilizer is a pretty you know genericized term used in many different you know uh, worlds. So, so yeah, they want to keep it in there longer, so you know it stays longer. I mean, it's really inexpensive anyway. So I'm like, you know, if whatever. Well, you guys do. Uh, I remember when you when you visited last year, whenever that was, right when I think it was right when we moved in. And I was like, oh man, I got it. I'm trying to get ozone in the pool mm-hmm. and UV. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, we make systems, and they were a bit out of my budget, so I haven't <laughs> taken that plunge. But what what do you guys do? You guys do like whole pool systems that just eliminate chlorine? How does that work? Uh, we do, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken, our founder, had uh, one of the original patents on that a while ago, and it's uh, a certain process of of components in a certain you know structure or pattern, um, and how we do that. So, yeah, it's definitely ozone, um, high output ozone and UV uh, in a certain order, and then uh, the sanitizer is uh, the food grade hydrogen peroxide, so thirty four percent. Yes, uh, but it's very unstable. Um, it needs to dose twenty four seven. Uh, microdose, uh, we're able to do that. Um, but the hydrogen peroxide is um, very expensive. Um, it only really comes in 55-gallon drums. I've researched it. <laughs> yeah, and even this, oh, and this is before, ever since you know, the whole COVID pandemic, whatever, and they were, it was hard, difficult for us to get hydrogen peroxide because they were using it for so many different what, hand sanitizers and everything else, right? Um, so after that, the, the price on that bulk item even went up for us, um, even as a you know direct purchaser of food grade hydrogen peroxide. Um, but a lot of those companies uh, revoked all their um, their blanketed shipping um, discounts because they're such big companies, right? So they would allow us to have these drums delivered throughout the U.S. Uh, at a lower rate because they got a better rate. So after all that happened, they came, revoked that from all their vendors. So it forced us to have to look to third-party uh, LTL carriers for that. And that is very expensive. So we can do it. Uh, it is coming to 
price, a cost, and you know some some logistics. Uh, we do have people out there who love it, and it works great. Well, I've looked into the the thirty five percent hydrogen peroxide and and looked into the big drums mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. like five hundred bucks or something. Five to seven hundred bucks, like yeah. yeah, not and including I, shipping. And I thought. Oh, that'll last you four years or something. You know? Not the case. Yeah. Not in a pool. Really? Because, uh, well, your pool's evaporating too. You're losing right. hundreds of gallons of water a day just through evaporation. I wondered uh, about that because so, here in the summer, my pool, I swear, goes down like two inches a day. And I'm like, is yeah. there a leak or something? Oh, in the Austin heat uncovered. That's just evaporation? Just, that's yeah, what, yeah, exactly. That has to be calculated into you know a lot of aspects of building and pumps and things like that. Is Interesting. The, the evaporation. Um, so there's really no like quick fix to get the chlorine out of your swimming pool? A quick and, and budget-friendly fix? Unfortunately not. Um, yeah. You know, there is a way to do it. Um, we found out the way to do it. It's expensive and can be cumbersome, but if you're willing to accept that, you know, for what it is and don't want to swim in chlorine, we can do it. Right. Yep. So yeah, one yeah. couldn't just like, and what, what I thought I it, could do is just buy a bunch of the peroxide, just get the little testing strips and just have my pool guy switch over. I sent him an article on it and he was just, his mind was like totally baffled. It was not, sure. it, he wouldn't even have the conversation. You know? And that's, <laughs> right. and that's the next right. step is, right. is, you know, I guess the essential teaching on old dog new tricks, right? It's like, you know, if unless the person who's maintenancing this wants to step outside of their comfort zone of the last 30 years and, you know, learn a whole new thing, um, then they have to be up for that as well. But you're saying the hydrogen has, the hydrogen peroxide has to be like microdose. It has to be kind of on a drip going in continually, not a once a week shock the pool kind of thing that you do with chlorine. Right, right. So you want a residual in the pool constantly of 30 to 50 parts per million of hydrogen peroxide. Wow. And that's also a couple of the ozone diffusion and the UV light, you know, those, you know, Ozone again, right. an yeah. excellent sanitizer, oxidizer. Right, but um, then, the, but then, you know, and that's the thing is, pools are so different. You know, we've got, uh, I've got a pool. It's covered. It's shaded. Um, it doesn't get a lot of use. Um, they don't let their dogs swim in it, which is like adding like fifty people to the bather load of you know. So, um, so they're running on you know what fifteen to twenty parts per million of peroxide. They don't have a lot of evaporation because they have an auto pool cover. You know, so there's not a lot of escape that in that way um but you know we have a client up in uh, montecito they actually prefer their peroxide level higher slightly higher because they have three kids and it pool gets a lot of use uh they get a pool service uh, i think for a while there it was twice a week in the summer because there was such a big bather load um and we have an awesome uh, pool guy there josh johnson um and he's great aqua pool builders there and uh yeah, it's just every pool is different and it takes a lot of peroxide to keep that sanitized. And generally speaking, even if one had UV and ozone, that's not enough. You, you need a sanitizer. Uh, but you can, you, we also work with people outside, you know, that uh, we did one job, uh, we couldn't even access the pool for a, a drum delivery, right? Because now you have the logistics of getting that 55-gallon drum, which weighs about 550 pounds, to the pool system, okay, when it's time to swap those out. So we worked with them and we got them a, a really good ozone system and a high output UV. And he's like, well, at least if I'm going to be on chlorine, let's get to the lowest absolute residual. Yeah. So that yeah. helps support that. Um, you know, so 
And, and even salt systems, those are still generating chlorine. Like a salt system just turns, generates the chlorides and the sodium chloride into chlorine. You're just not dumping chlorine into your pool. You're dumping salt, which is elevating the TDS drastically, which is calcifying your, your, all your tile work. And then if you have an infinity edge, all that tile is going to start falling off the side of the, the masonry. And then you're going to have to get your pool rebuilt. So... <laughs> Anyway, we work in the pool space too. So, well, thank you for uh, illuminating. That was yeah. literally, as you said, salt water. That was going to be my next right. question because I've I, I'm posting about like the pool journey of trying to biohack the pool, and people are like, "Oh, just use peroxide." I'm like, "It's not that easy." Obviously, now I know why. And many people are like, "Oh, just use salt water," and I'm like, "That's still." As you said, making chlorine, it doesn't solve the, the problem. Yeah. But if you have a saltwater pool, is it is the net? amount of chlorine less than having to use chlorine only? Yes. Yeah, it is. It oh, okay. Is. Yeah. There's a generator that the water passes through and it just generates the chlorine from the salt. Got it. Okay. I had, I didn't know we were going to go so deep into the, the pool the thing. Pool, right? <laughs> it's kind of a topic at hand, you know? Um, yeah, but we, we touch on so many different, like we said, within the way you interact with all water in your home. I mean, we've gone into that space in one way or another and it's pools spas you know don't get me started on chlorinated spas or basically vaping chlorine off gas it's like man if you ever smoked anything how quick does that get into your bloodstream or showering and chlorine it's like if you're breathing that in i mean most people have their hot water heater set at like 140 degrees right so i mean that is a gaseous form and you're in a chamber breathing that in you know along with everything else that is in there ammonia and heavy metals and so you're vaporizing that. Vaping it. Vape it. Vaping it. Yeah, that's a, a Singing funny in the experience when you, when you go to a, like a lower end hotel while traveling. You're like, oh, they got a hot tub. Let's go take a hot tub. <laughs> you get in there. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I mean, if you, I mean, I've always used like, you know, pretty good shower filters and the little bathtub yeah. filter. You know, I mean, I've done my best even before I had a whole home system. So I'm not used to a lot of chlorine and, mm-hmm. you know, don't, I generally swim in nature, not in a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've noticed that, man. Go to a hotel and you get in the hot tub and it's just, you can feel your skin burning, your your nose and eyes are burning, your lungs right. are burning. It's so nasty. You can smell it through in the lobby, through right. the the glass yeah. doors. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, it's, if it's that, if it's an indoor pool, yeah. you're just like, whoa, <laughs> right? Actually, I was in Utah last year, and they had an indoor pool in the hotel, and there's all these kids in there and stuff. And I was like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll just go for a dip. And I op- exactly, I opened the glass door, just poked my head in, and I was like, oh hell no, those poor kids. And yeah, I never right. went in. And what and what the crazy thing is, is that like I'm a parent, man, and I got a 17-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, Orrin and Harlow. And it's like I grew up in the 80s and none of this was discussed then. And I was in the YMCA pool and in the public pool. And it's just that like I have kids now and it's like there's not really anything I can do about it outwardly in that regard. But it's just knowing better, you know. It's like whether you can do, whether I can do something about it or not, it's like I have the knowledge now and it's almost like, damn you know and that's why we want to educate people and you know at least offer solutions and or help you find solutions and understand it and so you can address it you know however you can in your lifestyle let's take a minute here as i would love to share my latest discovery with you lifestylist listeners As soon as I tried this product, I became instantly obsessed, and it's now officially a non-negotiable ingredient in my morning smoothie and sometimes even coffee. 
First time I tried it, I felt focused, uh, my mind was clear, and it continues to improve my mental performance on the daily. I actually had some in my smoothie this morning and will likely do another scoop in some water for my afternoon work block to keep this brain pumping. You're probably hip to the superpowers of mushroom extracts and collagen protein. Well, the product I'm talking about here contains the most hyper-concentrated forms of four of the best brain-boosting mushrooms. So that's lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, and reishi, plus collagen protein and Peruvian cacao. This magic in a jar, my friends, is called Collagenius. And I love that it turns your brain on without any jitters or crash whatsoever. It's super clean brain energy. So if you're getting beat down with the old brain fog, have difficulty focusing, and want to repair your brain in the most natural way, you definitely want to check this stuff out. Here's what you do. Go to newtopia.com slash lukegenius and use the code luke10 at checkout and save 10%. That's N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A, newtopia.com slash lukegenius. And check this out. Newtopia, the company that makes College Genius, is so confident that you'll love this product that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. So uh, there's no risk for you here to check this out. Again, your link is newtopia.com slash lukegenius, and the code is luke10. Do it now, you guys. Your brain will thank you. Talk to me about the oxygen piece. So the bioquantum cooler and the bottled water that we're drinking here has oxygen infused into it, which I'm assuming in nature, like in a river or spring or something like that, the water is kind of vortexing over the rocks and is picking up oxygen. Is that what you guys are kind of mimicking is the natural process? We take that natural process and turn it into a mechanical process. Um, But um, we actually have four patents on that process that elevates the level of oxygen um, significantly in our bottled water. Um, so if you were to take a dissolved oxygen meter, um, we've got a you know, really robust one. It's the best way to measure dissolved oxygen in water. Tap water, you're going to get anywhere between five to eight parts per million of dissolved oxygen mm-hmm. at 90 to 98% saturation. Yeah, not even right. Hurt. Yeah. Um, our bottled water, um, after it's run through, you know, not only the filtration, the mineralization, the restructuring, um, feather in the cap of what we're doing is the oxygenation. Um, so we're bottling at 40 plus parts per million. Really? Yeah, four zero. What? So a significant jump um, at about 300% saturation. You know, um, you crack a bottle of that, you notice it doesn't off gas like a carbonated drink. Um, we've actually done tests pouring that into a pint glass open to the air. It takes about 72 hours for that to degrade back down to that really? five to eight, yeah, normal level. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, it has everything to do with, you know, again, opening up the molecular structure in the water, giving it what it's hungry for, you know, showing a little bit of love. It takes that, accepts it and um, try it out, put it in a pint glass, let it sit for about 15 minutes. You'll start, it looks like a carbonated beverage. You'll start oh, to wow. see all the bubbles collect on the outside of the glass. So. And what's the uh, parts per million in the bioquantum? Um, Different, uh, different process, um, but we are elevating the uh, oxygen. It's about 10 to 12 BPM. Um, So that's done through an ozone diffusion process. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's twofold. So the ozone is doing great for sterilizing the water. Mm -hmm. Um, That's in a timed setting. It's on a timed setting. Um, And then as a byproduct of ozone doing its thing, O3 breaks down into O2. So that's where we're getting that little bit of a boost. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. And do you think like drinking a bottle of this 40 ppm water 
is any different um, benefit-wise than just taking a few deep breaths. You know what um, I'm saying? We don't have gills yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, I wonder, I wonder I if it, about that, you know, because I'm to me, it's like, yeah, of course, your body loves oxygen. Drink something with oxygen in it. But I was thinking about it the other day, and I'm like, yeah. could I just like do two minutes of breath work and get my blood oxygen level up to 99 or whatever? Like, put that together, you know, marry that, you know, do that breath work practice of you know how your body accepts oxygen the correct way through your lungs, right? But then supplement it. Um, with hydration because that's going through your internal organs. Um, so the cool thing, what I, what I see is, you know, uh, well, feedback that we get is, you know, better digestion. Um, we've had people come back saying that, you know, my meals are more normalized. My hunger levels are more normalized. So if you're ingesting that, it's, you know, supporting a healthy gut biome. You know, all those little guys working oh, in your gut love, they thrive on oxygen like they would in a potted plant in the soil. So all of those, you know, gut biomes are working extra hard because they're being powered with hyperoxygenated water. So That's a lot cool. of those other little things um, outside of cool. just the breathing mechanism, okay. you know, supporting okay. the whole biorhythm of that. Um, and then, and then lactic acid, it, yeah. um, you know, after a hard workout, right? Lactic acid is produced as a hypoxic event in your body. Um, and it takes, you know, water and oxygen and time to flush that out. And we've got a lot of high-profile athletes that are drinking our water that have come back to us and said, my recovery times are quicker, especially with lactic acid. Badass. So, and again, we're not, yeah. we're not salesy. They find out about us, we give them a case. Right. They're like, if it resonates with you, give us a ring. And we're open to feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. We calls, you know? yeah. And we love, the, yeah, we love the comments. I mean, yeah. we had one guy call us and tell yeah. him us his dreams improved or something. You know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. everything outside of just you know, the physical. Well, I'm so. glad we covered the, the <laughs> oxygen piece uh, because I think it's really novel and interesting. But also um, some smarty pants. I posted, I was so excited about my bioquantum machine. I made a reel. You guys probably saw it. And I was mm -hmm. like, dude, game changer. I mean, A, love just it. having Appreciate like clean it. water, but also I love having really cold drinking water because that's how I prefer to drink it. But the hot water, dude, like no more, I don't know, you know, it's five minutes every morning, right? You count that times 80 years, 80 years. Whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Sure. Right. A lot of times yeah. in the boiling water. Now, some people are clowning on me like, is it really that hard to boil water? Like, whatever, that's part of the ritual. Okay, I get it. But yeah. still, it saves me time in the morning Absolutely. and I like saving time. Yeah. But one smart ass was like, <laughs> oh, that's stupid. You can't, uh, water doesn't retain oxygen. Like, you can't oxygenate water. I'm like, well, we, we, we can and we do and yeah. we, tested it. we tested it with a certified $3,500 Myron ODO or um, not Myron, yeah, an ODO, yeah. a DO. Dissolved oxygen meter. Well, take that, Mr. Negative, whoever that was. On. I understand that sentiment though and I understand where that's coming from as water being H2O, right? right? Hydrogen, oxygen. How can you add more O? We're not changing the molecular structure of water, right? We're not reinventing the wheel. We haven't created some new element. Um, but through the processes that we use and then adding, you know, the O2 to it, the water is hungry and is able to hold onto it just a little bit longer than it would in a bastardized, you know, beaten to death environment, right? So everything that we do has a part to play of the oxygen levels. You know, you take one card out of that, you know, pyramid, everything's going to fall down. And we're not able to uh, balance the pH without the purity. We're not able to restructure without the minerals and so on and so forth. So, Well, I'm glad to hear that that, yes, that 
a lot of a lot it's of not time. H two O O O O. Yeah, <laughs> it's H two O, which is a little bit more O. H- I think sometimes people just want to make you wrong because it makes them feel better to be right. But that's fine. Bring it you on. Know. It's yeah. like it 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 ups our conversation. Right. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like Nick said, man, we're the face we're talking yeah. to i'm talking to builders in the middle of cleveland they're out there working in 32 degree weather in short, short sleeve shirts you know and i'm a guy from california showing up to you know have him help me hook up this oxygenation system believe me i've been had i've been in challenging situations like face to face with you know whether it's oh, someone welcome. online or a, yeah. a, a concrete guy in in cleveland in february so it's fine it's it helps it it helps educate educate both parties i think you know we're not here to just you know put everyone on blast and we're the best blah 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 blah. like that conversations like last century whatever you know well, that brings up another another point with uh you know say either one of the a la carte systems or the whole house system i was fortunate to have my friend marius who's a jack of all trades and just easily knew how to do the electrical and get the plumbing right to do the whole house and cool. then he cut a hole in the drywall to put the bioquantum thing so the laundry door still oh, opens okay, cool. and it looks pretty sexy kind of <laughs> right. looks, it looks like it's like built into the kitchen yeah. you know which i think was probably his idea or something because it wouldn't quite fit um i mean it'd be rad to just do one you know if you were building a home right just to have a recessed cavity for that so it's totally flush mine pokes out right. a little bit but anyway i was fortunate i didn't have to try to explain to like a local texan electrician and plumber what the hell i'm doing with all these water contraptions mm-hmm. um what how do people find like uh the right tradespeople and contractors and stuff to have to have these things installed would like any plumber know how to install the undersink system just by following the directions or is there more yeah. to it than your average that's the cool thing about what we do everything's based in traditional plumbing knowledge um, we do recommend getting a plumber um, just because they have that knowledge and they're licensed and they're insured and they're going to be working, you know, on you know, removing pipes and putting things back. But um, as far as the installation is concerned, you know, everything's pretty comprehensive. We got manuals for everything. Um, we're available. So if that, you know, plumber X in Cleveland has a problem, he can call any one of us on our team and we can walk him through it. So we ship these systems all over the United States without us actually going there and holding any hands. Um, we have in the past, so that's where we learned how to, you know, be able to dictate that information um, remotely mm-hmm. because we, we can't be everywhere. Yeah, to help um, us design what yeah. we're doing now is removing all those pain points from a design that shows up on your door because we went out and traveled the U.S. and worked with plumbers in Cleveland and plumbers in Manhattan and plumbers in Austin and plumbers in Colorado and plumbers in Florida, you know, and teams. So, um, and a lot of those, you know, it, the big space that we realize that's missing from the building space. And this is where we're trying to really make a name for ourselves. It's like you said, you know, maybe it'd be great if it was built in completely to the wall. Well, the conscientiousness of water is gaining so much traction. What we see is every time we show up to a job, plumbers can talk about the plumbing, the concrete guys can talk about the concrete, the designers can design, but there's always no room for water treatment. And nobody can speak on behalf of the water itself as how it works within the home and what it does. So we're really trying to get in with builders. You know, if people are going to still keep building homes and people are going to be tearing down their homes and building new homes, you know, why shouldn't water treatment in the design phase of of a home be respected just as much as the placement of a hot water heater or the placement of 
an oven or the, you know what I mean? So every time we're going into these jobs, we got to walk away from a lot of jobs because there's no room to do it correctly. So I don't know why water treatment in a home hasn't been, you know, turned into you part know, of the whole process. Part of the like, process. You know, marble countertops from Italy and chandeliers and, you know, gold brass fixtures and, well, you know, what are those going to do over time if you're not treating the water correctly? Calcify, rust, water spots, you know, all of these investments that you place in the material inside your home should be protected as much as the and, human element. And, and the warranties aren't covered unless you have some kind of scale control or softening before oh. them. So if you read the fine print on a tankless hot water heater, if it fails because of overcalcification, let's say in uh, Santa Barbara, where we have 27 grain hard, hardness water, which is extremely hard. I mean, when you're talking about potable water, um, you know, if that calcifies that hot water heater and you're not treating it and you send it in for a warranty claim, they're going to be like, sorry, it says right here in the fine print, you don't have any scale control in front of it or softening. So you got to buy another, you know, tankless water heater. So you're, you, these are costs that if you don't treat your water, I think correctly and protect, you know, not just yourself, but your investment <laughs> um, of your home um, and the appliances within that, you'll be paying one way or another, right? I mean, it's like, you're going to pay in the end. It's just, it's a slow death at that point, right? Well, it's, it's like, funny you mentioned that because when slow. Marius was putting this system in, he was so excited about the water softening part of it. And he's like, oh dude, I mean, Aside from just the health aspects, he said that, um, you know, he's been in construction for 30 years. He goes, you know how many homes we've had to redo all the plumbing oh, just because dude, the, pipes all, horrible. the pipes all fill up with calcium and minerals like an and artery. stuff. Yeah, and, it, and they just eventually close off and then you do. get a leak, then you get mold. Yep. And then you got to basically tear your freaking house down because you got mold. I see you it. Know? We see it in the. You do? Well, we work in that space and right. we see people's houses. They'll be like, yeah, we had to rip out and excavate this whole half of our house on this cliff because uh, we had water damage and it, there was black mold and blah, blah, blah. We're just like, whoa. Yeah. So you were telling me something, I think, and when we were talking about, you know, testing my water and getting a system here about the way you guys do the water softening is some proprietary way that's different than just going to Home Depot and getting a water softener and that it wastes less water. Apparently softening water traditionally wastes a lot of water. They do. So the system you have, so that's a traditional, uh, using salt or potassium chloride is more of a old school traditional way of removing the hardness from the water. Um, which, which is why you see like big bags of salt at the exit at Home Depot. That's right. That's what those are for, right? Exactly. The pellets, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have to refill that tank, which just from a maintenance perspective is every time I go to a house where someone has a water softener and I open that brine tank, it's always empty. Nobody fills it anyway. So it's not even softening the water in the process that it should. So remove that aspect of it. Um, it that, those waste a ton of water. Um, again, they channel, the resin goes bad. So we actually address the hardness. Uh, we don't remove the hardness. Uh, what happens is is that the hard minerals get coated and disallows them to scale, uh, the capacity to scale within your home. So, you know, we're talking about softening water with someone who isn't as versed with what we're doing on their home. They're like, I just hate water softeners. They make my skin feel slimy. It's like, cool, we don't do that. We So the minerals are still there. It's just you disallow the capacity for them to scale, which is the real detriment of those, you know, hard minerals being in your water. 
Interesting. So, yeah. And then the undersink unit would take them out take with the out RO, with the so RO, you're not RO, drinking anyway. Them. Exactly. Oh, cool. Exactly. Does that process make the job any easier for the RO to get them out, or is it the same It'd be bulk the same. matter? It's the same bulk matter. Yeah. Um, even less than is if you weren't, if you're using just the RO exclusively, since it's already pre-treated with the whole home system, you're not, you know, just ramming contaminants down its throat. You know, it's parsed down enough where it's focusing just on those hard minerals. Non-issue. We recommend yeah. annual annual filter replacements for all of our systems, just to ensure that they're fresh. Yeah, and and that's the great another great aspect of our design with that kind of scale control is that um, now we get to you know speak more with people who are on septic systems because you can't send salt brine in a high usage home into a septic tank because it messes with the biological oh. makeup. It can create a heavy sludge, which then you lose the volume, the the yeah. you know the capacity in that in that storage tank, and then you have your then it'll start overflowing. So <laughs> it's, a whole, it's, it's a whole nightmare. It's yeah. a whole nightmare. So yeah. now we get to go in because we're only, our system only backwashes you know for ten or twenty seconds once every twenty four hours. It's about I know, hear it sometimes. Yeah, yeah you'll hear it. I'll it's walk by and I'm like, what is that? I'm not used to that. So. Yeah, and it's cool because that those are the only two actually moving parts on the whole system. So we don't have gears like softener heads and carbon tank heads that go through different you know, uh, stages for teeth to break off. Everything is flow through designed off pressure. Um, those, the only two moving parts on this whole home system that you have are the drain valve solenoids, which only open once a day for 10 seconds. So there's nothing to fail as far as like a motor or a gear or something to get blocked up in that, in that sense. I also so, noticed uh, the one in the garage, there's like, a digital timer on the life of the UV bulb, I right. think. Is yeah. that what that is? It'll count down yeah, the days. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you have 380 days till you change this bulb. I'm like, right. that's freaking cool because you can't see if it's on inside exactly. there. Like yeah. my pool one, you can kind of tilt your head and see the lights on right, or right, not. Right. But yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah, interesting. It gives, you a, it gives you a countdown. And then, you know, uh, it's it, again, it's, that's probably the same time to change out the other four filters. Um, ah, right. which smart. is Which is... You know, a lot of the scale control and the carbon media and things like that for removing, you know, chlorine, chloramines, heavy metals, ammonias, things like that are done in that cartridge, those cartridges. But speaking back to how traditional tanks channel, this was our way of getting away from that channeling of a tank because you're replenishing those medias once a year through these quick connects, right? So you have that peace of mind that your water is evenly flowing through new media you know, you don't have a, a tank that's been sitting out there that has, you know, gobs and streams of, of, of you know, mineral remnants out of a leaking, you know, canister, which most media tanks look like. There's like this black tank with like all these lines of white calcification hanging oh, off the wow. side. And you were telling me when so, you were here last time about, uh, I now have a cartridge filter system on the pool, but I used to have the uh, diatomaceous earth, mm-hmm. D, what, D-E? D-E? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were telling me that you don't for the pools you don't like the DE because the water will just channel around the the medium and evade the filtration capacity. That and you can't use hydrogen peroxide with diatomaceous earth. Oh, so cool. So yeah. I I did good by switching that out. Yeah, and diatomaceous earth does actually filter uh, slightly smaller than a cartridge filter. Um, but if you're running your pool equipment correctly and it's being serviced properly, the cartridge filter with either peroxide or if you choose to use, you know, salt, that it, it's great. Cool. So, 
Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for the tip because I ended up having to switch okay. it out. And they're yeah. like, what yeah. kind do you want? And I was like, I think Tony said do the cartridge. So I did. And it was Yeah, that's it. So if, if you ever do decide to try dipping in some peroxide yourself just to see, you know, if you want to buy some 35% peroxide and get all mad scientists on your pool, you now you can do that because it'll destroy the diatomaceous earth. Noted. Yeah. Uh, last thing I think that I want to ask you guys about. Oh, by the way, I should have mentioned this earlier, but we're going to shoot some video when we're done with this conversation. Uh, just B-roll showing what these systems look like. So if anyone made it this far in the conversation, which I hope everyone did, uh, you can watch the YouTube video and we'll show like what we're actually talking about. Hopefully we can kind of sync it when we were talking about it. I'm, I always like to see how stuff works personally when I listen to podcasts. I'm like, oh man, I wish I could see what they were talking about. So we're going to throw that in there. Uh, but I want to know about this cedar hot tub that I had the pleasure of soaking in a couple of times in Santa Barbara. As I understood it, it was obviously like the trademark, uh, you know, super pure before water with no chlorine and no funky stuff in it, but it was also oxygenated, I think. Is, tell me all about that. Because what I remember is long drives from LA to Santa Barbara, a couple hours. I'm always going to be sore after a ride like that. And I got in that freaking hot tub and it felt like I got a full body massage for 90 minutes. I mean, it was like insanely awesome. And it was so pronounced that it like literally went on my vision board. I'm like, whatever that was, that has to happen in my life someday. So I felt freaking amazing. And so did my friends. We brought um, yeah, Scott, Scott from, from um, uh, Sun, Sun Potion, Potion and a couple yeah. other friends. And they were just like, dude, what is this? We have to get this. I'm like, well, it's a little expensive, but yeah. one day yeah. we'll all get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can, I can mirror that feeling that you had, you know, going back to my introduction at the top of the podcast, you know, that intuitive hit that I had that I'm like, I have to be involved with whatever this is, um, came from that hot tub. You know, when I sat down and I felt, you know, because uh, what it is basically is our bottled water in hot tub form at 102 degrees. Um, it's got all the hyperoxygenation, the rose quartz, the restructuring, um, uh, no chlorine, no salt water. Um, again, using the hydrogen peroxide, it's kind of a marrying of our pool systems and our bottled water systems for, you're basically for soaking. soaking in pristine so bottled yeah. water. If you're <laughs> exactly. soaking and drinking yeah. this, at the, and that's kind of... So could you get in that hot tub and experience. just take a cup and just drink some of the water? I, you could. I'd you could, but there's still, from, you know... There's uh, skin you, you and still stuff. Got yeah, it, yeah, there's you know, other all things. The other stuff in there. Yeah, but like wood flakes. From experience, um, experiential standpoint, I mean, you've felt it. We've had other people come and feel it. You know, getting out, just feeling just kind of lifted, floaty. Um, Seriously. You know, you're not breathing in. You know, again, we're sitting at about 30 parts per million of dissolved oxygen in the tub at, you know, 200% saturation. In a hot environment, that's off-gassing. So you're breathing that in also. as And your skin is wow. just soft. Um so we're sitting in an open pore environment, in a hot environment um, with all those, you know, small oxygen molecules, just your body's just sponging. It loves it. You know, you're coming out with super wrinkly fingers like you do in a chlorinated pool. Um, oh gosh, did, the list goes on and on and the, on. The testing too. Yeah, we've done the testing. We um, we've done some phase angle testing as it relates to soaking in the tub and drinking at the same time as a double modality. Um We've got the test results we can share with you, but we did see an increase in phase angles over the course of three hours. What are which, phase angles? Um, it's a really, really hard metric to move. Um, three, you're dead. Twelve is unachievable. So that's the, the spectrum right there. And it has everything to do with 
measuring the conductivity of electricity through your body, through structured water in your cells. So how, oh, how wow. efficient your body is at communicating electrical impulses through water, like we we're saying, you know, the traveling of water through your body that way. Um, and it's one of the best markers for biological age um, that your body can have. And you so, saw people who achieved badassery from small, drinking the water and soaking? Yeah, we can share that with you. And we saw actually a 30% increase in oxygen levels in the bloodstream measured by a um, partial pressure oxygen meter. Yeah, um, from a half hour soak. That's it's epic. incredible. And you can actually see it. You know, the little oxygen molecules collected on your skin in the tub. Um, yeah. And that was that know. was done through, uh, like what, like I said earlier in the conversation as well, we have a lot of people behind us. There are quite a few people behind us from the wellness and from the medical community. So that was done, uh, performed by Compton Rom with Ascended Health out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Wow. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of him, he's major he's too. He's like, really? Yeah, he's a yeah. molecular biologist. Real, oh, cool. Real wicked smart guy. Yeah. I love interviewing the, yeah. the super level geeks. What about for uh, people listening that have something like a, you know, wellness clinic, biohacking spa? A lot of these places, thankfully, I mean, it's a great trend, are popping up where people have things like float tanks and ice baths and stuff. I'm always a little bit, I mean, I'm happy they exist, but kind of bummed that like you go into an ice bath place and it might be like, have beautiful design and decor, super high vibe. And I'm like, oh, what's the water? And they're like, it's just water. <laughs> Back <laughs> to that just water stuff. Like, right. And that's, yeah. that's ice bath and tap water. water. Right. I mean, you took just, you spent all this money designing and building out this space. And mm -hmm. you got, you know, most of them seem to be pretty successful. I don't yeah, think I've yeah. seen any go under. It's becoming so popular. And, right. you know, especially for people that can't afford or don't have space for their own sauna and ice bath and float tank and all this stuff. It's great, man. I mean, every town should have a, a yeah, you know, no, a wellness we, center. Fine. But yeah. what about the water? Are you guys available to help business owners like that to Absolutely. make all the water pristine on a in a commercial setting? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything mm -hmm. that we can do residential, we can scale, scale that up. up to meet the demand of a commercial setting. Yeah. Uh, we um, have clients that have yeah. commercial size homes that are four inch right. water feed lines that are ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's basically a, a commercial space. So we can we can you know, level up to that, to treat that. I mean, don't you think like any place that has ice baths, hot tubs, uh, float tanks should have pure water? At least get a, get a carbon filter and be filling those float tanks with a carbon filter. So you're right. at least removing the, you know, take care of the, the immediate surface contaminants, the chlorines and things like that. Um, but I know in California, uh, by law, you know, they have to, uh, a wellness space does have to maintain a specific residual of chlorine in the water. Actually, public right. public 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 facility. Public facility yeah. Sorry, right? Yeah. So chlorine or bromine. Um, say our whole hydrogen peroxide, uh, ozone UV, wouldn't fall under that. Um, but in a private setting, yes. I remember that stupid Californian yes. law. God bless California, but man, they got some <laughs> communist ass laws out there. There's <laughs> a the hot springs. Have you been to Beverly Hot Springs in Koreatown? I haven't. Dude, all right. If you're in Southern California, in Koreatown, where there's a lot of these, you know, like a Korean spas, right? Where they have a hot tub and a cold plunge, massage and all this kind of stuff. There's a place called Beverly Hot Springs. It's on like Vermont and Beverly. And it's an actual geothermal hot spring right in the middle of freaking LA. And it's, you know, it's in a building that's like a Korean spa, but it's just 
spring water. And I went there for years and years and it's killer, high mineral, super silky, amazing spring water. And then at some point, I started going there and I smelled chlorine. And I was like, what? This, you, the water's recirculating constantly, like thousands of gallons an hour. Like there's no way you could have bacteria or something in it because it's not the same water an hour later, right? Yeah, and so I went and, you know, being a little Karen that I was, complained to the front desk and they're like, dude, we're sorry, but the, you know, the LA, um, you know, health inspectors come once a week now and we, you know, we have to put chlorine and they're like, and, but he also told me, he's like, if you come on Thursdays, they never come that day and it, it goes through the system. It only has to be right. there when they show up. To right, test right, it, totally. Because right? Right, right. the water's constantly recycling because it's just endless supply of geothermal uh, hot water. And he, so he told me the days to come where it would not be present and he was right. But I was like so heartbroken. I mean, again, back to the beginning of the conversation, not only for the people who are soaking in its health, but it's like, you guys are just, the water hates this. You know, this just sucks for the water. This is like beautiful, natural water just spewing forth for our health and enjoyment. So yeah, I mean, I get it, right? I also don't want to go and like get a ear infection from soaking in someone's poop or right. something, you know, but... And, and the people that are delivering massive amounts of water within an infrastructure in your area are definitely lawyered up and trying to protect their ass. So they're going to put as much chlorine in that so nobody gets sick. Right. Right. right? So it's everyone's protecting their value. So water distribution, they have a different value than a homeowner has value on their health and wellness. Right. And right? I'm just so like, it's, like, a, it's like, I'm such a hippie. I'll take the risk, you know, to just have unsafe, but natural water, I guess. Sure. Uh, so with the, with the hot tubs, back to the hot yeah. tub piece. Uh, so I love the cedar hot tubs, you know, the brown wooden, like the Japanese soaking tub style. And that's what you guys had at your HQ. But I was on your site today, just kind of getting caught up. And you, you also have one of the hot tubs that's like some modern stainless steel looking fancy thing. What's yeah, up with that one? Those are really cool. Same process, um, just kind of a different vessel. Um, so that's one thing um, for anybody who's listening that we got to make sure we communicate is that the production of the water and the vessel, they go hand in hand. So the it's a very specialized marriage of both of those things. One won't work without the other. Um, so, you know, putting a our whole processing equipment onto, you know, a standard, let's say, a fiberglass hot tub, it's not a plug and play like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you guys, you're not like a hot tub company. Yeah, well, we exactly. And even with the stainless steel version, like I went to, you know, uh, Colorado and worked with their team and they helped us design a specific design that would accommodate what we do with you know, within that vessel of water. So you have your traditional... Diamond spas. Yeah, in yeah diamond spas in Colorado yeah. who, you know... Um, it's just a different with, option. So. You know, same water, same processing yeah. So power. just aesthetic it's, and it's feel, aesthetic just feel. depends what you like. Right, exactly. Yeah, and in the wood, I think, you know, now we're offering more, I think, the Burmese teak than, than the Western Red Cedar because the, the harder wood and doesn't pull up as oh, often. Okay. So, because yeah. there is maintenance, the wood tub. I mean, you know, I offer a service, I go in, you know, even in the whole Santa Barbara area, pulping tubs, they call me, I go in, dry them out, torch them, uh, sand, resand the whole really? inside. Yeah, it's a whole process. Oh, so they're wow. beautiful, but man, they're more high maintenance. Good to know. So there's, Good to know. It, you're going to, you know, love it. Yeah. So it's like taking cool. care of anything organic, you know, you just got to show yeah. a little extra love. Yeah. I'm excited you know? though. There, there are more companies. There's a company called uh, 
Forest Cooperage, I believe they're called. I've been in talks with them. They're up in Canada and they make these really cool uh, Japanese hot tubs, even like two person tub and they're wood fired cool. and stuff. Oh, cool. cool. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. And they're just yeah, like yeah. really beautifully designed and look really well made. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. the barrel saunas and all these different, you know, cedar tubs and this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've that, also done no. a cold plunge too. We've done a couple of custom cold plunges uh, in the Western Red Cedar Oval. Oh, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. And that's peroxide, that's hyperoxygenated um, that's and everything. So it's not a small, you know, portable footprint like you would see from like Plunge or Morozoko. I think is Morosco that Morosco Forge, Forge yeah. yeah. So there, and there's a couple that are. I think there's one called Odin now. I mean, they're yeah, dropping yeah. like they're dropping like cold out of Australia. That yeah. one looks yeah. really nice. And they look cool. Yeah, um, my friend James just ordered one of the Odins. Yeah, those look really yeah, nice. Yeah, because they're like cedar too. on the outside and then stainless steel sure. shell inside. Sure, they're pretty sexy. Yeah, so we'd love to, you know, get it. We're we're get it. I have to build them still as one-offs because we haven't partnered with another company. Yeah. So I can have the capacity to build them myself. They're just not as streamlined as someone who's just having that one product as their product, right? For sure. we, as you know yeah. from our conversation. We're, we're flexible we have many products. to, you know. That's cool. You know, make it to the liking of the of the customer. You know, so it comes up I with can't a wait great to see idea. Yeah. Develop that out. You know, yeah. find a great partner that does a cold plunge and have you know the ultimate. I mean, if this we could restructure it and do the rose, oh, the rose cool. quartz. Dude, and, yeah, you know, it's just, I mean, I know you're only in it for three minutes, but man, let's make it the best three minutes. Let's make it even I'm better. I'm in three mine minutes. way more than three minutes <laughs> right. in the summer here. I'm in that thing three to five times a day. I mean, I yeah, did back. I was in, in there three out. times. Twice before you guys got here, when you came up here and I was like, I have to go change, Just I went and jumped, jumped in. Jumped in one more time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because cool. it gets quite hot up here. I'll be in there one or two more times today. So what I do with mine is I, I went on Amazon and found like the best um, like garden hose filter I could get. And I just turn it on very low to get that more surface time on whatever medium's in there. And then I take my um, uh, analemma wand and I go in there and structure the water. And it's funny, I know the analemma wand works because I also put a lot of um, Epsom salt and magnesium flakes and stuff in there, just because why not? And one day I put a whole bunch of that in there and then it freezes it. The Morosco is cool because it actually makes ice. And then there's a heating coil on the bottom that makes the ice uh, float up and then you break it up. And it breaks up a lot easier if there's a bunch of magnesium and stuff in there. It's slushy rather than like hard, dense, yeah. So anyway, I put a bunch of minerals in there and then set it real cold so it would freeze. And then I did the stirring with the analemma wand. And when the ice came up, it's all freaking snowflakey. Oh, it's all and structured. Different. Oh, no kidding. Wow. It never looked before. It's got that crystalline structure going <laughs> yeah. on. And you yeah. would know you've How done it cool. you know, so many Yeah, I've had so the thing for yeah. years. That's yeah, so the, cool. the ice never looked like that before. I was uh, like, God damn, this actually works. Like, look around, see if anybody else is seeing what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Did you see this? Honey, or come I... here. She's like, yeah, <laughs> there's ice. And I'm like, no, but look at the crystal yeah, forms. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I love, the, I love this stuff. I love just, yeah. I love, you know, like what you guys are doing, right, is you've mentioned a few times, Nick, is you're, you know, you can never beat nature, right? Like nature, God, creation, it's the ultimate designer of all things, right? And then humans get in and ruin things, sometimes with the best of intentions, like making water potable and clean and safe. Great, good idea. We got to do it, right? But in the process, humans also really screw things up. But it's cool when humans put that same ingenuity and creativity into like, okay, let's now 
undo the things we did to screw it up and make it at least as close as we can to the natural thing. Right. And and the more we the more we continue to screw it up, the more expensive it's going to get to make it better. So, you know, let's screw it stop screwing it up, you know, make it better for better decisions globally and you know, as a collective and then be better do you, water. Do you guys see a world wherein um, municipal water facilities are able to do what you do at scale? You know, using UV and and other means rather than putting a bunch of chemicals in the water. Ideally, yeah, but I don't. I I think it. Um, that's a big ask, right? Because right now the onus is on the consumer. You know, the educated consumer to do their bits of you know taking care of whatever is in there their little world, right? Um, but mainly, you know, the municipalities, they have to do, you know, all of those chemical manipulations just to protect the water for, through the infrastructure. That's where the real problem lies, is our degraded infrastructure of these pipes that have just been beaten to death for years and years and years. So you know, if you got clean water at the source and you've got a home, you know, 10 miles down the run, you've got to put chlorine in there because by the time it gets to your home, who knows what it's right. picking up in that pipe. Oh. And that chlorine has, they're, they're trying to, And they're trying know, to protect themselves exactly. again from that, you know, homeowner A, B, and C, I've gotten sick because you guys didn't do your job on that. And when the problem wasn't from their end to begin with, it might've been through the infrastructure. Yeah. They're, and, right. they're, and they're trying to protect themselves so much that us in California receive a text from a client in Austin about a boiler alert that the city has released. That's, I mean, that's, we heard about it. Right. You know what I mean? So that's, wow. that's, they're getting texts on their phone. Right. Boiler alert, panic, screenshot, send to Nick and Tony. You're what okay. Here. But that's yeah. how much they're trying to protect themselves. Right. So, right. That's an interesting Whether it's never, through information or chemically or, right. right it reaches it. far. Well, I didn't think about that between the two points, right, of the municipal. Um, treatment facility, facility the right. treatment facility. Yeah. And then by the time that water gets to the house, like there could be miles of pipe wherein like a sewer line has burst, sure. been punctured, that's, sure. that's now going into the water line that's coming to your house, even though they right. might have cleaned it at the source. Right. So they have to put a bunch of chloramine, chlorine in it mm-hmm. so that if that happens, it arrives to your tap uh, mm-hmm. safe and free of pathogens. And, and, and even throughout that process, there's chlorination points where they'll rechlorinate the water. Oh, really? And they'll also hook up uh, uh, CO2 tanks to balance really? the pH, to adjust the pH in the water. Oh, so it doesn't degrade so if you ever, the pipes? if you're cruising around a city, like I know I've seen them in Santa Barbara, um, they'll be like a, a large tank like chained to like telephone pole or something right really? so sometimes they'll they'll inject co2 as they're testing the ph because it's it's uh, too high so they'll they'll either lower or raise the ph and you can adjust the, the ph with co2 interesting in fact you can even buy a ph adjustment for your pool so you're not adding either muriatic acid or soda ash to adjust the ph you can just do it with carbon dioxide wow anyway yeah. so, so they're protecting the pH like- of, a, of a bottled water blow into it with a straw, you'll see it drop. Really? Mm-hmm. CO2 just manipulating that. Interesting. Yeah. So the ultimate solution seems to be we abolish all towns and cities and just go back to hunter-gatherers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> caves. No yeah. more indoor yeah. plumbing. Yeah. Live yeah. off the land. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of money, maybe. <laughs> I, mean, we can't, I guess we can't go backwards, but sometimes I wish we could. Blowing cloths and spears. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing. Like I was mentioning my friend Matt, right? Just lives off grid in the boonies and is on a, what I believe is probably a pristine spring. Like you're golden, you know, but that's just, there's only so many of those properties around. 
uh, comparative to how many human beings there are here. So, you know, we've got to we've got to take matters into our own hands. And um, another 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 thing I wanted to bring up though too that we didn't touch on. We were talking about the UV uh, aspect of what yeah. we do. Uh, so because of the water specialists that we work with, you know, in a space that we work in, uh, so regular uh, UV bulbs are going to become obsolete if they're already starting to become obsolete because they're mercury-based. Oh, So you're not going to be able to import-export those anytime soon. So we've aligned with uh, like Omitahami and Sohail, the inventors of the LED UV technology. Um, so it, it emits the correct frequency. Uh, really? And it's For not mercury-based. Yeah. And wow. we're actually, yeah. we're achieving it on our small systems now. Uh, and we're upgrading the home systems here soon. Shortly. To that. Uh, we're trying to achieve the higher flow rate uh, processing. So like your system is a 15 gallon per minute rated system. Uh, our next level up from that is double, which is to treat 30 gallons a minute. And then we have our uh, two inch, inch and a half plumb system for larger you know, applications, which will treat up to 80 gallons a minute, 60 to 80 gallons a minute. Wow, that's cool. We'll have UV sterilization and, yeah. and treatment. And the LED UV bulbs probably last forever too. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. on top of that, we're putting a flow switch so it'll only turn on the LEV when it senses flow. Wow. So it'll last five years. And it's a little, it's you just, a, it's just level, a chip that you, instead of a big old bulb and you know, you got to take it to a recycle, you know, whatever. Right, right, yeah. So I'm so glad I walked into Air One and bought one of your bottles of water years right. ago. <laughs> We are too. I'm just man. like uh, I like finding people that are just next level, and you guys are next level. I appreciate that. We, we try to be, and we try to be as educated as we possibly well, we, can. We show in up space curious. We, we show yeah. up passionate and curious. That's all it takes. Is you know, and if you have that intent, you show up. You know, the information just finds you. The people find you, and we're just here to kind of distill that for people that are on that same journey, trying to find the same information. You know, I'm, I can't claim to be a water expert, but I am passionate, and I've learned a lot through my journey and expect to learn more. Well, and we don't sit yeah. in a room and talk about what we're going to do and how things work. We're out in the field, touching things, meeting people, interacting with water, interacting with homes, interacting with water sources, interacting with waste distribution, interacting with collecting the waste. And you know what I mean? So these are things that we're learning, you know, you know I've even, you know, leveled up myself from what I learned, from what I thought I knew before. So it's, 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 it's awesome. And the people we get to meet and we're able to take that and you know bring it back to the consumer us. product and you know and we and we get awesome feedback you know just that genuine real-time feedback of people saying this has changed my lifestyle for the better sweet i'm going to show up another day just for that you know i love that yeah. too when people come over to podcast i give them the, the nice cold ophora water and i'm like they look at that machine they're like what is that I'm like just yeah. wait yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i have some bottled and canned drinks but i highly recommend the water and most of the time people want the water you guys were takers on the canned drinks today probably because you have a bunch of the water yeah. but yeah it is it's really nice to actually be able to treat people that aren't especially you know that just don't even think about their water right and then you give them some really delicious pure water they go god what is this you know it's a different experience yeah yeah, we yeah, got we got into cool. a conversation once outside of you know it was just a I think we were talking with someone within the work environment and they only had forty five minutes to talk and it was a Zoom call and it, the, the the Zoom call ended up going for an hour and a half and somebody said something about oh my god I was supposed to be somewhere in like you know an hour and a half and I was all that's what I love when time stands still that you're so interested in what we're discussing that 
you lose all track of time. So sorry you're going to be late, but I'm not sorry you're going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> you, that happens it, you, every it's week slowed right down here down on this bit. podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me about yeah. Counting Coral. That's and, a perfect, uh, perfect segue. And what um, you guys are up to with that. Yeah, this. thank you for asking. Tony's ripping their, their shirt. shirt right now. Um, oh, cool. And that, that speaks exactly to how we present ourselves and just build these relationships that, you know, on, on a standalone outside of water. But water is like kind of the, the through line through all these cool people that we meet. All of it's facilitated by our, you know, respect for water. But this one specifically, a um, gentleman named Herbie, he's a big home builder in Malibu. Um, we just cold walked onto a job site as we do often, you know, saying what, you know, what are you doing for water treatment? Um, gave him some water. He resonated with it. Um, coming to find out, um, he, his passion project is a nonprofit that rebuilds uh, decimated coral reefs in Fiji. Really? Yeah. Um, so as 1% for the planet members, as Ophora, um, we contributed our 2022 donation directly to his cause, um, which started up another uh, third project of his. Oh, no which shit. Which is fantastic. Yeah, so wow. it lined up immediately. Um, the coral reef decimation so problem is bad. he got a pretty bad. good chunk of change from you guys. He did. Then. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and cool. we're going to continue to do that. Because when you hear 1%, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, what's yeah. that? But, you know, if a company's well, bringing yeah. in some digits. When you're on the back end, yeah. it's a good That's, amount. You yeah. know, we, had, we, we did some other small donations yeah. to, you know, other local things. But that was the big kicker for us is it was like, dude, you're already doing this. And, wow. like, this aligns with what we do. And you're a great guy. So, and, you know, we're trying to get into the build space and he's trying to build his, you know, nonprofit and, and speak to that. And we just aligned right away. It was just like, dude, this was, whatever pathways brought us here, this was supposed to happen. So it's a no brainer. We love working with you. And it was awesome that it wasn't something that he had an idea. It wasn't another person that had an idea of what they were going to do. It was like, dude, he had already done two install installations in Fiji. In fact, my screensaver is a picture of a beautiful coral reef that he sent us yeah. in a text feed. It's like, it's, it's amazing. So he's out there educating, rebuilding. Yeah, um, the problem is pervasive and really mm-hmm. bad, um, and it's happening quickly. So he'll take, you know, genetically strong coral in a decimated ecosystem. That's the strong one. And then plant it on these big, beautiful steel sculptures and really? it grows from there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we'll put that in the show notes at lukestory.com slash waterpod. You can learn more about counting coral. Yeah. That sounds like a very cool, cool venture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they, uh, they take volunteers as well. So if you want to sign up and go on a trip, I think there's certain right. aspects of that that are funded, that are paid for to the traveler. But, you know, it's a go out there and, you know, be there for what, three, three weeks? Yeah, however, however, however long, long he's going to be there. Doing it. Wow. So, yeah, hit him up. You can go to Fiji right. and go plant some coral reefs. Yeah, real people doing real yeah. things. That's the, cool. Better giving back water. to the, yeah. the, 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 the schools in the area and, and helping educate them because they don't even know that it's going on. Right. You know, so, yeah. White, white reefs for miles. So he's out there trying to, you know, save those. And, Epic. Uh, last question I have for you. Do you guys have any kind of financing happening at Ophora? Uh, nothing solidified at the moment, but we're in discussion of fixing that whole structure because I know cool. we've got a high price point on our systems. Um, we're not shy about that. Um, but we also know that, you know, having a financing option is attractive. Yeah. Um, so we've already started conversations yeah, we're, with cool. getting we're in the that in action. Yeah, in that, would be, that would be super helpful. Yeah. You know, because... Obviously, it's not many people just have the disposable cash laying around of for course. something like that. Neither Even though I would I. argue, like, mm-hmm. if you got, you know, if you could have spent $3,500 on whatever, mm-hmm. 
new TVs and shit in your right. house. You right. Yeah. You could shopping on West Elm or whatever for that sofa. Like, well, sure. maybe get a cheaper one at IKEA and put a water system in. But yeah, that that I think that would be super smart. I mean, I love when companies have finance. I finance everything, furniture and shit we buy. Right. Um, you know, depending on the interest rate and stuff. Sure. But it just feels better to pay things off over time. It hurts less. Um, you know, nothing hurts as much as like paying cash. Probably the smartest way to buy things, but it is yeah, kind of so nice. It is kind of nice to be able to, you know, okay, cool. I've got a year to pay something off. So I think that's going to be a good development. Uh, in closing, I'll remind everyone the show notes are at lukestory.com slash waterpod. And if you guys want to check out Ophora, you can do so at ophorawater.com slash Luke. And we'll put all those links in the show description on your podcast app. Last question I have for you, gentlemen. I said that was the last one, but I was, I was just tricking you. There's one last question. And this is a three-part question you can both answer for yourself. Cool. Who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life and your work that you'd like to share with us? Got to give a shout out to my parents. Uh, number one, um, taught me to be curious, um, respect nature. Again, like I said, grew up on a farm in Minnesota. I couldn't come inside till I was either, it was either dark or I was bleeding. So <laughs> <laughs> props to that. Um, teachings, um, I'd say travel. Absolutely. I mean, I've just, just as a blanket statement, um, if you ever find yourself stuck, you know, Go buy a plane ticket where you're the minority and don't speak the la- speak the language. Um, come back home with a different set of glasses. Um, I've done that a lot. It's helped a lot. Well, probably I would have to say first in my life would be my grandfather. Uh, I'm adopted, so he was the most fair, gentle man ever in my life. Uh, so he was a huge influence on me. Taught me, you know, just how to be a better person without all the stuff that I've even gone through. Found Knew that I was going to be a troublemaker when I was a little man, but he took, it, took me under his wing and showed me a better way. So definitely, definitely that first. Um, and my kids, the two kids that I have, uh, and sent me on a completely different route 17 years ago. I was thick in it. And, you know, find out you're having a child and you change your tune and you got to check in and do what's right and make better decisions and yeah so that was that was a big one for me both my sons my son and daughter and uh i'm just going to stick with family and just be like my wife christina so not only have i been a musician our entire relationship so we've been married for a long time she gets dated, a lot of credit for, for that, that. Oh, yeah yeah <laughs> Anyone that um, and, and, musician and me being a gemini a, and all right. my other things and ways uh yeah just the patience and understanding from all of those different perspectives that, you know, I need to have in my life because I'm not good by myself. I relate. Those those are my three things. And a lot of things stem off of that, which have been beneficial to me through recovery aspects and healing and uh, being true to myself and, you know, being able to speak well with other human beings. It's just, those are building blocks, man. It's just people that know you on, that know you better than you know yourself and are there to not make you feel shame about that. And there to help you. So those are the biggest, I guess, influencers in my life. That's what allowed me to understand water and appreciate water and get outside of myself to find value in these things outside of my ego and all that. So yeah. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Got my third one. Good. Um, so yeah, like we talked, I'm a member of the recovery community as well. So that's a big influence on me. 
um, just all the, you know, the tenants and the pillars and the way of life that you learn through that, um, that program and the family. Um, and honestly, I think that's kind of springboarded me into my, you know, spiritual growth as well. Um, you know, learning you know, prayer and meditation as, as a small aspect of that whole, that whole journey um, has really opened my eyes up to, you know, deeper level spiritual stuff. Um, amongst everything, it just, just being a good, solid human and what that takes. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to chat with you more about all that. Yeah, I like how, I like how you uh, so uh, gracefully retained your anonymity too. <laughs> you hear a lot of celebrities not do that. Yeah. You know what I'm like? You guys, yeah. you're not supposed yeah. to say you're in the thing. That's why it's called that. Yeah. You know, Not about me at the end of the day. Yeah. It's about everybody. So. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. There Good you go. for you. Yeah, I'm glad. Thanks. I'm glad you're here. Very Thank few you. of us make it out of that fucking mess. So, anyone that does, I have much respect for. So, yeah, I honor your journey. Thanks, guys, for joining me today. Okay. Uh, could I give one more shout out before yeah, we go? What is it? Uh, I just got to give uh, credit and respect to Ken and Kristen, our owners and founders, for you know allowing us when they met to come into their space and their path and allow us the space to grow and do what we do. I'll second that. Yeah, you very know? cool guy. I remember meeting him in Santa yeah. Barbara and he was, I remember him just being so excited and proud about the technology there at the HQ. I mean, I wish, originally I was going to come to Santa Barbara and like record this there and get a bunch of footage and stuff because the, the mad scientist like laboratory experience there right. is next level. But I remember Ken like, taking me through all the different I mean sure, like sure. massive I guess maybe yeah. the estate systems or whatever just mm -hmm. uh -huh. like mind-boggling attention to detail and he was like so happy to share it with me as a stranger just walking into his business very gracious guy and yeah. someone like seriously committed to doing things the, the best labor, possible labor way. of love 100%. yeah yeah we wouldn't be here if, if he didn't have that passion so right yeah, and I know he appreciates you as you having us in for this and wanted to say you know Thanks for that as well. So, absolutely. 